smile, mm -hmm. breathe, mm -hmm. and just remember, it's too late to get out of it, so you might as well go on. Do you ever get the feeling that people are incapable of not caring? You know, I'm screwed up and average enough that I could write a song that'll live on forever. And then after that, it don't matter. I am the king of gay chickens. No, seriously, what the fuck? Honestly, you're in a memory in your subconscious. Fuck! Seriously? I don't know what you've been told, little lady, but the rest of us start at nine. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm just kidding. Good morning. Hi, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! <laughs> Is it gonna be like this all the time? <laughs> it would be nice to go to Switzerland. I wanna go to Switzerland at Christmas. Mm. Just wander around. Aimlessly. Aimlessly sliding around on ice. Probably fall over, probably hurt myself. But come back with some trinkets. <laughs> From a market. Yeah. From a street market. From street markets. Mm. Yeah. The best kind of markets. Yeah, especially in the middle of winter. <laughs> Love shopping outdoors. Love that. And it'd be shit if you worked at one of those little stalls. I hate markets. <laughs> and I've said this for a long time now. I got to a certain point in my life, I've, for a while, I bought into the idea what? that markets are fun. And what you, oh, don't you, you like about the, the market? Markets? And at a certain point, I realized... <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Why? I think I got a bit jaded because we kept going to these different markets in Brisbane. Uh-huh. And that's just Brisbane. So yeah. it is literally the same people yep. selling the same shit. Mm -hmm. And it's... Because it's their jobs. And it's like dog, Hand dog toys, handmade dog toys. Handmade dog toys. But in, in the shape of like, you know, those th where it's like all four limbs and the head are the same length. Yep. And they all hang down. All you know that same, thing? Same side of the same thing. Yep. One yep. of them. Uh, wind chimes. What about that stall that paints the all the different animals with really big eyes? Oh yeah, I've seen that person around a lot. Like they're cool. Yeah, but, but that's that's a, that's another industry going to be destroyed by AI, isn't it? True. And I say good. I hope <laughs> it takes. Hope markets are the first one to go. <laughs> and it sucks because you know you want to break up the monopoly and you buy all your groceries at a market, but then it's just so much extra effort. It is a lot of extra effort to find a good market that you can get your groceries at. Yeah. Because there's like, a really good one right down the road from us. And you don't go. Do I go? No. Mm. The only thing that makes me sometimes think I should go to that market is the fact that you can buy a pretty good loaf of banana bread there. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. Could you ever finish a loaf of banana bread before it goes bad, though? A full loaf. Wouldn't even be hard. Okay, cool. I wouldn't. Because I, I, I struggle to finish a loaf of bread, just regular people bread. Got a freeze half, mate. I do have to freeze half. Got a freeze half. Most of we have. We've got this is like, good content, and this is great content. Yeah. <laughs> Our fridge is the little the little freezer on top of fridge. Welcome back to fridge recommendations. <laughs> and at the moment, the freezer is constantly full full of our dog food because we buy that like in a month advance, and they like oh, from geez. a place that makes the dog food like special right. for a coat and stuff, and like <laughs> it's it's fancy. Ashley's done a lot of research, um, but sure, it fills our sure. entire little freezer. How's that paying off for that dog? She's doing Cause... pretty good. She's got like two bald spots now. Right. But she's real pretty. Yeah. So you're, you're getting that dog food more as a treatment for a situation rather than... Yes. Rather than maintaining 
lustrous coat. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So do you... Okay. The coat that she has that is lustrous, the, the spots of her body that are wonderfully fluffy are wonderfully fluffy. Yeah, so yeah, the lustrousness is there, but it's just a bit concentrated. Yeah. You're trying to... We're trying to spread that joy all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys just can't really cook at home now because you've got no freezer space. I mean, we can cook, but we eat it. <laughs> Although I'm sourcing a chest freezer, though. I'm very keen for that. Ah, I, I haven't even seen top. one in years. No, well, who you you don't need one unless you're a murderer. Well, I'm about to become a chest freezer opener. Chest freezer <laughs> owner. What, I, what's I, in there? We'll have to wait I'll to see on the news. Put a padlock on it purposely, yeah, so that it looks extra extra weird when somebody comes around. Yeah, yeah. Rig up a little speaker with muffled voice sounds. <laughs> don't worry. Every that. time you close it, just have a piece of clothing sticking out a yeah. little bit. <laughs> Just some strands of hair. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. That's my chest freezer. Nothing. That's just my normal locked freezer I have. That's just a little bit of roadkill I found. I'm saving it for later. Yeah. Waste not, want not. <laughs> it's weird that there are people in the world. That saying used to fuck me up. Waste not, want not. Yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> but if you don't want it, then just throw it away. But is it saying don't waste what someone else doesn't want? Well, it's waste not. If you If you don't waste it, yeah. You're not going to want. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get to that. <laughs> I remember thinking about this. I was like, well, it's not what not. Indeed. And then on my own later, hang on. But <laughs> Is if, that the first time you've actually ever said it in conversation? I, well, I'd never say it in conversation. Because I've never said that. I know what it is. Because I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> I don't want to bring up the drama again. There are a lot of phrases that I just don't use because I'm like, I don't need to say that. We can say those with different words, but I don't fully understand your what the phrasing is going to mean. Like waste not, want not. It's something yeah. you have to think about for a little while. I'm like, yes, that does make sense at this point. Or like when somebody says when in Rome and that's... Yeah. It doesn't overly apply to all situations. Yeah. You don't just do whatever people around you were doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just go to Germany in the 30s. When in Rome. When in Rome. You know what I'm saying? If everybody's doing it. I'm not going to do what the Romans are doing. (sighs) Yep. Bunch of weirdos with vomitoriums and other weird... I mean, I'm not a history buff. wouldn't say I'm a buff, but... um, (laughs) Uh, um, What else would Romans do? Skirts? (laughs) What's what's another word for buff that's, like, less buff? Like, what do you call someone that's not a buff? Just trying. Trying to get there. Beta? A history beta. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. Freely admit, I'm not top G in history circles. I admit that freely. I've never pretended otherwise. I've never misrepresented myself. But there are always things, like throughout history, that you're like, yeah, that's really interesting to me. And for some reason, I have a lot of pointless knowledge about one specific event or time frame. Yeah, that's fine as long as you don't make that your personality. Yeah, like a lot of forty-year-old white dudes in World War Two. Yeah, well, it, there's. There's people who are who just know a lot about one thing and that's their whole thing and that's their personality. Mm-hmm. But then there's like a meta level of it where people's thing is that they know a lot about specific things. Mm-hmm. You know, so people are like, I'm weird. <laughs> is anyone else like this where you get a new obsession and you have to know everything? Shut up. That just sounded like John Mulaney. <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> John Mulaney would never do that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? 
I do know what you're talking about. Like yeah. people who try to be nerds too much, or like who pe- people are just like relentlessly backhand complimenting themselves while just talking about how weird they are. Just wanted to generate the impression with you that they have a powerful mind and that they know a lot of stuff about a lot of specific things. Yeah, but they like they they want you to relax about it. It's not actually a big deal. Yeah, but it's mean, a massive deal. But you can tell they're expecting you to think it is a yeah. big deal. It's not a big deal, but I've watched all whatever how many seasons of Dragon Ball Z, and I know that off by heart. Yeah, or like they're talking about how unique they are and how uniquely their brain works, <laughs> because and all they're describing is being interested in a subject is the, the function of a brain. Yeah, or yeah, all they're <laughs> describing is just like being moderately interested and thinking. And thinking about something for a while. You mean thinking about something for a while becomes <laughs> a, this is my new obsession, and I, I'm just, this. I, I can't help it. My brain's just an engine, and it must be fed. I'm, you're just thinking about things, and we all do it. So you're the only one talking about it mm. in this YouTube video mm. or TikTok. Who am I kidding? I'm not watching a long video. Who's got the time? You were saying guilty. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> I think we should move on to something more important. Yeah. That's enough. That's enough said about the death of long form content. Hello everyone. Welcome to Exceptional <laughs> Thieves. This is a long form podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say this is we a, talk for too is, long. This is a painfully long, painfully long podcast where Isaac and I <laughs> review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I may be Isaac. And this is the eleventh episode, I think, of Turns of Phrase, Oof. our special series, watching and reviewing the entire filmography of the one and only Brendan Fraser, the King of Film. You know, I learned something recently talking to some of our well, yeah, talking to some of our friends. Uh, I, I thought you were gonna say talking to some of our fans and I was going to Well they're Correct you and just say talking to our fan. Well, they're friends who listen to the podcast. Oh, sweet! And this is two friends, Isaac. Nice. So, Thief Nation is growing. <laughs> I was going to say that. Hell, welcome back to Thief Nation. <laughs> and then that the can sound help. effect comes in. Wow! Oh, wow! Yeah. Thief Nation. Oh, no, Thief Nation. Oh, no, oh no, my bad. <laughs> That's the sound. That helps. You know, you got to give your fan base a name, and so they get a group identity, and then they go mental in a subreddit. Mental. So, welcome back, Thief Nation, uh, and uh, one of the one of the thieves that's out there roaming around <laughs> said, because you know, as is readily apparent now, we talk a lot of bullshit at the start of the episode. Correct. That's their favourite bit. I don't doubt that at all. And it, when we're doing shit like we're doing today frankly and it's a movie they haven't seen they stop listening when we start talking about the movie (laughs) it's shooting that bit out they're just here for the half hour of nonsense at the start because the half let's let's be honest the half hour nonsense is sometimes the best part often the best part i think sometimes we watch (laughs) shit films and we're just unhappy about them for the entire time we talk about it Isaac, we started this out of our mutual love of cinema, <laughs> right? Obviously, as mm-hmm. a couple of cinema files, because that's just how our brains work. We just get obsessed with films and we can't stop thinking about them. We're just those kind of kooky guys. I think we might have to confront the fact that talking about films on this podcast is really holding it back <laughs> from what it might be. And the fact that we weight ourselves down with having to talk about some random film 
every what, two which, weeks so, is really standing in the way of Thief Nation exploding to its full capacity. Every week we should we should watch a film and prepare to talk about it. And then, talk for 45 minutes about other shit and then just stop and yeah. not even talk about the film. Let's, let's maintain... <laughs> this is the answer to our challenge of the fact that there's multiple other Brendan Fraser <laughs> podcasts. Let's maintain the format. And in and just stop the film bit. <laughs> same titles, same episode titles. Just say that it's about this one. And then every so often we just do like a review episode talking about the last bunch of films. Just like, in case somebody listens to the whole Wasn't thing. it crazy how we talked about those films that time? <laughs> and what I'm hearing you is... You guys weren't here for that episode. <laughs> what I'm hearing is we could make that change and not many people would notice. <laughs> They'd never know. No one's hearing the... Ranking which of the Brendans would win in a fight. Yeah, see, that's that should go at the start. People don't know we're doing that. A lot of people don't know <laughs> because they never. And I've and fair enough. The last part of the episode, if you listen to the bitter end, is us ranking which of all the Brendans would win in a fight, and it's my favorite bit of the whole thing. It's it's like a gift for the end. If if you get to the end, it's the dessert. You get a gift, but 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 we can't cu- we can't cut it in at the start cuz then it ruins the mis- mystique exactly it's there for could, the real there could fans. be a soundbite that we put at the start saying the things that we rank at the end of each episode i'm going to start reminding people and so that will give them an incentive yeah. to stay to the end stay around don't scroll forwards that's cheating you got to listen and you can't mute us either <laughs> and you can't be doing anything else you have to sit there sedentary so you can't cook? No cooking? Quiet and calmly, meditatively listening <laughs> to the po- People say that sometimes. Like, how do you have time to listen to all these podcasts? Well, I'm not sitting there listening to it. <laughs> it's like, how do you have time to listen to music? I'm so busy. Couldn't possibly listen to music. My brain's going a million miles an hour. Fuck off. <laughs> I hate that shit so much. I don't... I, like... I do watch a lot of stuff and a lot of films because I like films. Oh, we get it. But um, when someone says they don't have time to watch movies, I'm like, I do other shit while I'm watching movies. Yeah, see, that is a bit of a difference between us. I get that. I like you. Well, you when you watch movies for this podcast, you take notes for the podcast. I yeah, I take notes. Like I can be on my phone while I'm watching a movie. But see, the I movie, wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, but you say that, but like, if you're woodworking, yeah. I feel like you Most are, of the time with woodworking or doing a project. Like, like my that. eyes are in line with the screen throughout. You know what I mean? True. I understand. And you can have a movie on in the background that you've seen before. That's one thing. Most of the things. But I, I wouldn't put on a new movie before. and be like, yeah, I watched Heart of Stone. That it, looks bad, doesn't it? I watched it. I watched it on Friday night. Oh, poor old Gal Gadot. How did... Why does Netflix keep doing these five bad movie deals with all these actors? So I feel like her, The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, they all did, like, yeah, you have to do five movies and they all have to be bad. Which ones of Ryan Reynolds did you think were bad? Well, I haven't seen them because they're bad. Well, two of them are bad. One of them's fun. Is he in Red Notice? I have. Yeah. It's not good. No, it's not. Like, Like, everyone on earth watched it. It's, like, I don't... Why do they have to keep doing them? It's fine. Like, they're not bad movies. They're just fine. And that... Kind of sad. And me. is there any greater crime? Is there any greater crime to put Ryan Reynolds and The Rock in a movie and it'd just be fine? Well, I prefer to watch Ryan Reynolds than The Rock. Yeah, true. My, I'm getting like, a little tired of Ryan, though. Because I think he's, uh, he just feels a little one note at this he, point. Well, it, it's, he, has, he has a motif. And I just and it, and it and sticks. I just want... I just need a little... I mean, I'm Deadpool, fine, but... 
would you like a like a, an intense drama, like an A24 Ryan Reynolds drama, just to like clear the palate a little bit? Love that. Yeah. I'm doing a show. Should have said that. Hello, should have everyone. started with something fun. Should have started. <laughs> if you enjoy listening to this podcast, be like, oh, I wish Isaac wouldn't talk so much. I wish it was just Sam the whole time and it wasn't about films. Um, then you can come and see Ravenous, starring moi. At the, at the Good Chat Comedy Fest on September 11th, if you don't have any other big September 11th plans, tear yourself away from the vigil and come on down to the Good Chat Comedy Club in Brisbane. And then 14th, 16th, 17th, later that same week at Sydney Comedy Fringe at the Factory Theatre. I say Factory Theatre. The Factory Theatre is like a thousand seats. There's smaller rooms nah, in there. There's say some... Factory Theatre, that's good enough. Yeah, well, cool. that is that is where yeah. it is. But... um. I you know I, I I gather they're sort of putting some chairs in the cloakroom or something. It's in the lobby. Counts. It's in the lobby. Still counts. I'm going to go busk at the Sydney Opera House. Say so I did it there. Imagine. Do people Can't do busking, but for stand up, or is that just like some weirdo talking on the on the street corner? Yeah, no, I think it's like you know I see like people preaching on their little milk milk crates. Yeah, I want to see that, but for stand up. I uh, yeah, I, well that, that see that's the thing. Stand up on the street does just code as mental illness <laughs> yeah it does because if you just come in halfway through and someone's just standing on the, on the talking street, about door frames say, talking about door frames and shit and you're like oh oh dear jesus well off the meds again someone <laughs> I, needs a re- someone needs a multidisciplinary team review seen any good movies lately uh yes yeah you have yeah, well, yeah you I, fucking have, I went mate. and saw dracula oh voyage okay, of the demeter starting there we are starting there what I hadn't heard one word about this damn thing. And oh, then dude. suddenly it's advertised everywhere. I've been excited for this for about three years because it was just called Voyage of the Demeter. Right. And I love that they decided to make a movie about a chapter of a book that, yeah, a lot of people would know, but not many people would know about. It's a chapter in the book. It's one chapter in Dracula. Like that's, one one chapter. That's And cool. it's also not even a chapter. It's just excerpts from the fucking ship's diary like the captain's log for a few pages of the book and they and i loved the idea that you would make a film out of that Mm. just call it voyage of the demeter and then surprise everybody by having the monster be dracula yeah but obviously great concept studios would be like that's not gonna sell you got to call it dracula yeah voyage of the a hundred percent you do i agree which that's that's a little sad because it would be cool if it was just a movie called voyage of the meter about a a monster on on a boat but turns out that that's dracula my reply to that would be the if i saw the reveal that it's dracula wouldn't be cool enough i'm like it wouldn't it would never be cool enough because you i'm because if it's all on a boat if it's all dracula on a boat Mm -hmm. you don't get to see him being dracula no he's not dracula so the fact that he is dracula isn't that relevant it's like it's vampire on a boat yeah so but the movie is pretty good actually okay i enjoyed it quite a lot hashtag could recommend yeah you got um liam cunningham Mm -hmm. playing liam cunningham yeah what is character's name in game of thrones (laughs) Oh, Mr. He's got the same beard, so... It is, yeah. If you want to play a different character, get a different beard, mate, because that's a very iconic beard. Or play the same character, that's fine. It very much works in this setting. Um, It's got... Uh, what's his name who plays... Um, Ant-Man's best friend and many other things. The Michael Peña. Not Michael Peña, the other one. 
one of the one of the other two dudes, the Russian one. Oh, the guy from Suicide Squad. Guy from stuff. Suicide Squad. Heaps was here. I can't he remember just, his name, but yeah. he's in it. And this is the first time I've seen him playing someone like completely different. Like he he's like a oh. tough, grizzled like oh. bosun's mate, and it's so cool to watch. Like he's he's putting on like a like a like a voice, and it's wow. very cool. It's like what if Skinny Guy was tough in an Adam Driver kind of way. Exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. Can recommend. Yeah. Okay. There you go. What about you? Well, I'm sick of talking about that bullshit. What about Barbenheimer? Dude. Dude. We Barbenheimered. Well, I don't think you Barbenheimered. I didn't on the same day, but I've seen well, both of count. them. Doesn't count. I mean, I've seen both of them. Doesn't count. I've seen both of them. Not really, though. But You haven't seen one of them with the fire of the other one still in your heart. Which one did you see first? Oppenheimer, obviously. Okay. 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 Oppenheimer, 1030. Get a bagel. Back in the evening for Barbie. <laughs> and man, the level of energy around Barbie mm-hmm. is insane. It's crazy how much positive and also, for some reason, stupid negative energy is coming out of Barbie. I guess. I, I think it's a quite unique cultural moment. Like It is. It's, I can't think of any other toy or like IP, I guess, <laughs> like it that could really... <laughs> That is as simple and iconic a thing that could generate this level of interest and energy. Yeah. At this point, because everything else that's doing, that's been such like a phenomenon, mm. has had either 60 years of comic books behind it, therefore it has a fan base, therefore it can launch a fan base, or yeah. Star Wars was made in the 70s and now Star Wars is happening again. Oh my God, this is amazing. Like anything that's a phenomenon. Yeah has something backing it. But this is just a Barbie movie about dolls. Barbie's one of the few things out there, I guess, that you would hear it and you're like, oh, yeah, crazy they haven't made a movie about that yet. Yeah. Crazy there isn't a Barbie I mean, there movie. are a lot of Barbie movies, but they're all animated. No, there's and... not. I want to say no, there's not. But there are there. No, there are there. not. You, you no, ain't seen not. Barbie in Swan Lake. You ain't what? seen Barbie. In Swan uh, Lake? Uh, yeah, Barbie does Swan Lake in one of the movies. Then there was a Nutcracker. They did like all of the old ballets, but starring Barbie, animated. What is it about Barbie doing the ballet, or is it just the ballet animated? Well, Barbie is just in it. Barbie is a character who's like a Disney princess, but like animated See, lame. So she's a Disney princess, in basically. That. See, now that is the central question and the central problem that the Barbie movie has: <laughs> who and or what is Barbie, and she's what Barbie. is going on? She's a doll. Let's do Barbie first. What? Did you like it? I loved Barbie. I had so much fun. Yeah. It was really good. I thought it was okay. And like... Hot take, Barbie and Oppenheimer, I thought they were both okay. And I think they share a lot of the same problems. <laughs> <laughs> Too much hype? I think Barbie... so much hype for Oppenheimer. Yeah. And like, it's good, but... It's, well... It's... Yeah, I was weirdly dis- I need. I when think I need to see say it again. It's his masterpiece. Nah, I don't no. think they've seen The Dark Knight, and I don't think they've seen Inception. And then I also met people recently yeah. that didn't like Tenet. People don't like Tenet, and that fucking weirds me. Out. I mean, not on this podcast. This is a safe space for Tenet lovers. Tenet is great. We're on board, but yeah, some some people don't like Tenet. Losers. <laughs> they are entitled to their opinion. Uh, but when they say that this movie is the best thing he's ever done, yeah, it's fine. I think I need to see it again because with something like that, I know that I just end up having 
lots of expectations about it. Mm-hmm. And so, and obviously they're not Gonna met, met yeah. not in terms of just like standards, but just like directions I'm hoping it'll go and things I'm hoping it will do. So when it doesn't do that, I'm like, no, it's not the film I would make in my mind. <laughs> so I think that once I know what it's going to do, I could probably enjoy it a bit more a second time. But I think it's Christopher, it's Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. but he's never made a movie like this. Because it's a like there's he, no it's, action it's not, scenes. It's not also like fiction, and it's not all weird about time and stuff. Mm. So, I real as it started, I realized that oh yeah, I don't like biopics. As soon as like, <laughs> as soon as we're like cycling around the university in in tweed and and like riding on chalkboards, and he's like young and like oh torture, like oh no, I don't care about any of this shit. Yeah. I don't want to see all of this. And yeah. so so my Oppenheimer hot take is what I think it should have been. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think what was weirdly missing from Oppenheimer is getting to see how people came to terms with what it was they were doing and how you justify it to yourself. That. Because... But also... The fact that at that time, millions of people are dying in war. Like, there is so much war happening. People are going away to war. Yeah, that's, that's war. absent from the film. Like, that is just happening over there. Yeah, it's referred to a couple of times. But it's not. Like but the, it's not really present. No. And because, like, Oppenheimer is all about physics and having weird visions of physics and stuff. Yeah. That's a long way from making a bomb. Mm. And there's no real decision point where he. Where, like someone calls it a bomb for the first time. There is like, a point you know when what... he's in the lab with what's his what's his name? The dude who did the other podcast about Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, um, where he's in the lab with him. Great clo- to see him close, back. As soon as it's realized, like, well, logically, we build a bomb out of this. And like yeah. it's stated, but yeah. then there's it's just okay, we're doing and it's it. just thrown away. Yeah. And there's no point where anyone rec- wrestles with how destructive this is really going to be, what its real-world consequences are going to be. Well, in dialogue, all There's just lots of little moments that I felt like... The justification is just that because if we don't do it, the Nazis are going to do it instead. Yeah, so there's no real internal conflict. And he seems kind of sad about it afterwards and is kind of stressed and the walls are shaking. I'm like, yeah, but my dude, did you not think about this at all beforehand? (laughs) And maybe he didn't. But make that explicit in the text as well. Like, fuck, I never even thought about how I was going to kill a million people yeah. with all of this. Or make it more... Like, I know he ends up there. obvious that it could have been like, hey, I've made this. Use it as a deterrent. And like, if his point of view yeah. is completely in the, in the realm of it is now a deterrent, it will stop them from making their own because we mm-hmm. could use ours. Like... Yeah, you, like, it'll end the war. We've shown them evidence that we can blow up part then, of our own country, and then just have the scene where he realizes that's not going to be the case. And said he's 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 sitting in that room with all of the military and politicians while they're choosing which cities they're going to bomb, mm. and he's just kind of like, yeah, well, okay. I mean, what whatever you guys think, you know. <laughs> so he's weirdly <laughs> lacking in conflict for a lot of it. He's just doing like weird Killian Murphy eyes. I'm not really sure. I what's... mean, they're great, Killian Murphy eyes. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, and he's a mag- he's a magnetic actor. Everyone act- acting in it is great. But just I don't know. And like when they get when they're taking the bombs out to send them off, and they put them on the truck, mm-hmm. 
that should be like a terrifying moment. Like you're you're moving it. It should be. You're carrying the atom bomb, but it just sort of happens, and they, the trucks bounce away down the <laughs> down the um, dirt road, and it's just like, yep, there they go. Half and like I want a scene where someone tells Oppenheimer how many people died, and just see that land on him. Not just come to the like get to a point where I've, obviously he knows. Yeah, he says it in that. Yeah, big meeting at the end at one point. So he found out at some point, but we didn't see that. So just these decision points that I thought were going to be the interesting part of it. And also, I just wanted I wanted more technical details about what they're actually doing with but the like. What are the do it yourself? What are, yeah, true, true. true. You can't put that in the film. <laughs> I want to make a film about that actually. How you can't put that in the film, otherwise someone's going to make it. No, that what well, there's a there was a guy I can't remember his real name. I had it somewhere. This crazy guy mm. who was. Building an atom bomb in his garage, and got quite far along what in the, the in the process before the police caught him. <laughs> I think that'd be a fantastic little film. It would be like of just radioactive, like American animals. Yeah, that sort of vibe. Absolutely, American yeah. animals kind of thing. Which was a great film. If yeah. anyone hasn't seen it, recommend. One of my favorite films of all time. Recommend. And what do you think? The big bomb that goes off mm-hmm. the big explosion right mm-hmm. didn't look like an atomic bomb to me well it wasn't it was small it was 20,000 pounds of tnt is what it was mm. and uh, well, well done <laughs> that's a big old explosion well done would you have Did preferred them the whole... an actual atomic bomb <laughs> yes or just yes use cgi or well maybe augment your big real explosion i like this is an atom bomb going off i need a mushroom cloud and i need a central column and maybe i need to see it again but it felt like a big normal explosion maybe the first one and i hate to say it i hate to say it (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if the first one looked like that i don't want to look like that in the film one look like an atom bomb going off (laughs) In my version, the movie is all about the relationship between Oppenheimer and Matt Damon's character. Yeah, see, that would be... Because they have good rapport, yeah. but also like... Matt Damon, is the, he, he has war experience. He knows why they're doing this. He has the, the, re, the rationale for dropping it to stop the war. So he's a gruff army guy partnered with this nerdy physicist, you know, brainiac. Mm. that both of them are needed to get the project off the ground. They find a way of working together. You know, have a scene where Matt Damon relates something that happened to him in the war to Oppenheimer. So he has a moment to reflect on what's happening out there in the world. Like I've, I've realized I don't like biopics when they, you're just, I feel like they tell the story of the person's life. It's a, this happened and then this happened and And, then this, instead of this happened, therefore, or, yeah, and it just and they feel There's like there's no cause and effect. It's just because it's just life play happening. by play. Yeah. yeah, so then it feels like they they feel like they have to sort of put everything in to tell the whole story, yeah. and then you always end up with people in fucking old makeup at the end, which I'm on the record as not liking. <laughs> instead of instead of that, Sam doesn't like to look at old people. I would make like, even if they're young people who look like old people. I don't like old people. Old Isaac. people are creepy. I've never liked them. There's, they've got more skin than they had when they were young people. Where does it come from? It doesn't make sense. Where does it come from? Exactly. I think it's chemtrails. <laughs> like, 
so much shit at the beginning with him like putting cyanide in an apple and whatnot. Oh, I didn't need to see that. When Matt Damon walks in to ask Oppenheimer to do the, that job, that's the first scene. Yeah. Just open on that. So the, the reason that the apple's in there is because he makes the bomb. Like he makes the ability to kill one person at the start and then doesn't want to do it. So he doesn't do it. But then oh, he makes the ability to kill lots of people later on. And doesn't yeah. want to do it, but does it? Like, it happens anyway? I don't know. That's, I guess, the book ending of the whole thing. And I loved Robert Downey Jr. in it. A fantastic performance, mm. but just a different film. Like about, he could still be the villain. About could... much lower stakes. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a film about the invention of the atom bomb. <laughs> and we are spending so much time <laughs> with a Senate confirmation hearing for, as far as I'm concerned, some guy... <laughs> And whether or not Oppenheimer gets his security clearance maintained. Yeah, the fact that it's about security clearance yeah. is very lame. And I understand from reading some stuff that this was a very big deal because the loss of that security clearance, because he, he was a big public figure, mm. and the loss of that security clearance basically shut him out of his field and kind of ended his career and removed him from that public position that he'd been in. But that's not made clear in the But that's not made clear film. in the film. Yeah. So it just feels like it's about whether or not he gets a swipe card. Yeah. And even, but even if it was made clear that this is the end of his career and whatever, we just bombed Japan. That's the most important thing that's happened in this movie. Anything happening after the, the bombing? The most important thing that's happened in a lot of things. Like from world. many perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such as Japan. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, and like people say, oh, there's no Japanese people in it. Like that's that's stupid. That's not what the movie's about. I'm okay with the movie being about this mm. apocalyptic event from his perspective, because it's instructive that he doesn't see it and just hears about it on the radio. Yeah. That's a that's te- that's saying something about it. Um, have it be all just from the perspective of their little cult out in the desert there, mm. but. That's what the film is about. You can't ask me to be interested in anything else after that, even if it's Robert Downey Jr. doing a fantastic performance. Yeah. And that's Oppenheimer. On the other hand, Ryan Gosling's fantastic in Barbie. Ryan Gosling is fantastic That is in Barbie. a great cover of Matchbox 20's Push. <laughs> so the thing about Barbie... <laughs> <laughs> I've also very much enjoyed watching all of the strange content of... of um blokes who call themselves alphas making posts and like boycotting barbie because it's apparently anti-men and all this shit oh yeah well I'm that was gonna very much be part of the course having a nice time watching the whole time idiots do their stupid shit. i think it's great yeah there's lots to like about barbie it's fine in a lot of ways i had i saw a thing sorry mm-hmm. a theory about will ferrell's character in oh, barbie yeah. and it's like He's the CEO of a toy company. Yep. But he's wearing a suit and tie. Just it's Will Ferrell, and then they're like suggesting that he's the character that he plays in the Lego Movie because that dude has enough money to buy a fuck ton of Lego and have a basement full of it. Therefore, he's possibly the CEO of a company. Maybe he makes toys. That's why he loves Lego so much, and he loves building Lego for his kids. So his that guy's job is this dude. So it's the same character. Mm-hmm. And then the the theory went on to suggest. Maybe the reason he loves toys so much is because he grew up somewhere where he made toys. And then it goes to suggest that he is just Buddy the Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. And when he came into the real world, the only job that suited him was to 
work at a toy factory. And now he's the CEO of Mattel. And I fucking love that so much. I love that. I love secret trilogies. Mm. Yeah. That's a good secret trilogy. Yeah. When There's he's... one of my thoughts about today's film, which we will get to. Is that I would enjoy this much more if this was just explicitly Paulie Shaw's character from his previous two Disney movies. Yeah. This, I'll be, I'll be honest about the today's film. This was my favorite acting by Paulie Shaw. Because it's yeah. there's a lot less Paulie Shawish Shawness, and I had some fears about this film as soon as I saw it start because I didn't look, I don't look, I, like I didn't look this up because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But when it fresh. started and I learned that certain people were in it, I'm like, oh god! But I was pleasantly surprised by okay. today's movie. Well, Should we I'm talk re- about today's movie? Let's not rush it. The <laughs> thing about Barbie is, <laughs> no one wants us to talk about it. Does it? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I can't. Don't look at the time. <laughs> I just want to know. Don't look at the. How dare you? <laughs> so rude. The thing about Barbie. <laughs> what is your? I thing think the about thing Barbie? I find the most interesting thing about Barbie mm-hmm. is trying to figure out what is actually going on at like a metaphysical level. Which I don't mean anything fancy, just like, As in like how does it work? How does Barbie Land work? Mm-hmm. Because I think it was a mistake to make what the Barbies do and say and feel mm-hmm. be tethered to us their style people. to their person playing above ground mm-hmm. that's that's playing with them. Yeah. Because that doesn't seem to translate over to the Kens. Nope. Sometimes they're doing stuff on their own. Sometimes that looks like they get echoes of what the player is doing with them. Well, I don't think it's like the only Barbie you meet that has feelings and and emotions from the person who's playing with them is Barbie. Well, uh, but see, the I others got, don't get that. Well, no, but I got the impression that they're all being puppeteered by their the one that owns their soul, but. Because Barbie was being played with by the girl's mum, mm. who is sad, she was getting non-child feels. Non-child feels. Mm. So all the other Barbies are just are doing normal Barbie playing, yeah. quote unquote, presumably. But it's because the mum was playing with her. But then, and the the fact that the mum played with her infected the the system enough that it yeah. then gave. All of them technically technical free will that they didn't understand yet until Ken came back and was like, "Hey, it gave them all free will." Well, they all can choose to. Well, if all the Kens were being Kens at the start, therefore the little girls or little boys who own those Kens, yeah, and play play with them, make this Ken surf Ken, this Ken tennis Ken, whatever, whatever. That's their life. But when regular Ken comes back, he can change all of their lives by by saying hey you don't have to do yeah. whatever that per- whatever the tether is making you do yeah you can instead be but, a tosser yeah if you want like but you, the thing you is, choose but he doesn't gain sentience but also who's it. playing with alan who's playing with alan and and why is alan normal because and because like weird, weird barbie she is actually physically affected by what's happening to her real world counterpart, like she's True. drawn on and stuff. Yeah, she does have the drawings. So there must be some Barbies lying around Barbie Land who have been thrown away or run over by a car. Maybe they disappear they, and they just lie there, twisted in agony, never able to heal themselves. Maybe that's the plastic that they use to make that beach. 
The fact yeah. that the beach was plastic. Beaches people. Was very, very cool. It's like Soylent Green. Beaches people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and I think so basically <laughs> it doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> Which is fine it, in some ways. For what it is, it doesn't have to make it do, sense. I'm not saying it has to make sense. I'm just I there's like the whole movie I was trying to piece together the logic of what is happening. <laughs> and, but also and, the fact that Mattel any, or yeah, the Mattel dudes know about it. Mattel know they about know it. Barbie Land it's exists. If Barbies have escaped previously. They know about Barbie. So when they make a Barbie, do they think they're populating Barbie Land? Uh-huh. And when Barbie's there, all they want to do is put her in a box and send her back, which is also what she wants, which she then voluntarily does. So it's it's just quite chaotic. And again, I'm not. I don't. I don't have like high standards for like like Elf. Uh-huh. Elf doesn't make a lick of sense. No. Nah. But it is coherent. Yeah. Like Elf just walks through claymation landscapes to get to New York. Yeah. Fine. That's how you that do ha- that. That hangs together as a story for me. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the way they get from Barbie Land to real world. Fine. You, you just sort of drive. Yeah. And you yeah, go to different landscapes. That's thing. fine. But the. The journeys the characters go on, I, I think, got kind of ha- hamstrung and made too complicated because things weren't worked out clearly enough. I think this just needed more time. I think they just needed to redraft this a few times, cut some things, and just make it a... I mean, obviously, they didn't need... Well, it depends what... If you want, depends what your criteria is. They're going to make a, a barbillion dollars, so it's fine. Yeah. But for me, <laughs> I think... Because I think where what where it costs them narratively, you know, for adults watching it, is Ken mm. is much more of a protagonist than Barbie is. Because well, Ken's not necessarily the antagonist, but Ken gets um, Ken. Well, no, I think they both get an emotional journey. I think Ken's is just a lot clearer. Yeah, she that. gets an emotional journey, but she what barbie is doing like she's mm. having thoughts of death at the start mm-hmm. but that's nothing to do with her. her no that's not her character yet. her feelings are being puppeteered by someone else Every, ken is just we don't ken. know who's we don't know who's puppeteering ken so it's yeah. just ken and when she's not being puppeteered by that other person she has no conflict she's perfectly happy just being barbie and everything's fine whereas ken has a problem regardless because for some reason barbie doesn't want to borrow him yeah. So he's sad to begin with. So he's where the cat. I think the character of Ken has like grown in the telling, and as they've written it, they're like, "Oh, there's so much Ken stuff you can do." And yeah, obviously, because Barbie is is fine. Barbie's a happy person. She's the mayor of Barbie Land. You know, she's she's the main Barbie, so, and everything's good in Barbie well, she's Land not the by mayor definition. Of Barbie Land. There is a president of Barbie Land already. I knew you were going to bring that up. She's just so generic Barbie. If there's going to be someone in Barbie Land with conflict you could write a story about, that is going to be Ken. <laughs> and that writes itself. That's a genius idea. And Ken and Ken is brilliant. And that's I think he's been so much more prominent in the promotion for this film in so many ways. And I, and I think they're trying to do a thing where, you know, Ken has to learn that he's... He, look, they, he has to learn he's, on his, he's okay on his own without Barbie. Hmm. And that he's not, you know, entitled to be with Barbie. He has to stop expecting that, learn to live on his own. That's a perfectly okay lesson for humans. But you're in a world where Ken is explicitly a manufactured being with the sole purpose of being with Barbie. 
And to create someone with that purpose and then for Barbie to perpetually deny that to them is to put someone into an eternal torture. <laughs> well, the film teaches him like a human to change in, his purpose, though. A human in the world should have broader aspirations than being with one specific person, especially if that person doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. But if you are a toy, <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> so that just doesn't quite <laughs> work for me. Fair enough. So that's what I was thinking about. It is very funny, and I like lots of it. And you know, it's per- it's perfectly watchable. Like I say, it's not it's not bad. It's also it's just just the, the the sets, everything in it is like so meticulously fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the production and everything looked really mm-hmm. good. But and I mean, who doesn't love a good dance number? I bet like it would have been hard to fuck that up, though. I mean, because you just make big Barbie Land possible. It's possible, but not if yeah. you're a professional outfit. I was quite sad that Ken turned out to be the villain because they kept that quiet. They did keep that nicely quiet. Yeah. And if, and the whole time you think Will Ferrell's the villain. Because you want um, to. Because he's just he's got then, that villain-esque. But he's not, I, I he's not even the villain. Like, but they started writing him as the villain. Uh, yeah. like, like they've just like, I feel like they've written it and just not gone back and changed anything. So they're like, oh, they were writing the villain. And then as they're doing that, they realize, oh, fuck, he's the CEO of Mattel. He probably can't be the bad guy of the movie. Well, I think, no, because it frames it as the villain, but, it, but that's only before you meet him. And as soon as you meet him, you're like, oh, you just love toys. You just love kids. You just no, but, love love. But they are doing things that are not not functionally, but are coded as villainous. Yeah. Like chasing Barbie and trying to yeah, catch her. Yeah, sweet car chase. But then she goes back to Barbie Land. Why do they chase her back to Barbie Land? Because they she, have he's... to get her, otherwise she's going to tamper with barbie land oh is it by the time they what get they back to do? barbie land ken's already making changes so they have to go there anyway but they didn't know that Did barbie they doesn't know that well they get phone there. calls about the ken's casa something or other mojo dojo mojo dojo casa house yeah <laughs> lots of fun <laughs> oh it's so stupid but yeah. we're not t- talking about that stupid movie no, what are we talking not. about a different stupid movie yep. The other obvious comparison point for it is Legally Blonde. So I was listening to a podcast where they said that, in their opinion, Legally Blonde is kind of a better Barbie movie than Barbie. Because it's I about a specific Barbie? Well, it's because it's someone who's very Barbie-like, who achieves tremendous things in the world without compromising her Barbiness. basically. It yeah. demonstrates that that's not incompatible with achieving in these other realms and that the world has to change around yeah. them, basically. Yeah, I just I whereas think this the is, is, is whereas this film is just chaos. <laughs> it is very, <laughs> and chaotic. it's funny, and I enjoy it. But it's just mental as a as a product. We saw it on Saturday night. I have to say this as well. Oh, was it full? It was almost full. People oh, everywhere. I felt bad. Emma and I were like the only people there not wearing pink. Everyone, dude. Every people yelling at the screen at the start died down. And yelling at the screen, like cheering when the movie yeah, began. A group of teenage boys in pink dresses. Nice. Came in, clearly doing a bit. Ready to have a good time. They made like, many TikToks on Good on you, lads. Yeah, they're doing, a, they're doing a great bit that all got pink dresses from somewhere. And we're going to see Barbie <laughs> on a It's the new, is it Despicable Me, where all the guys wore tuxes? <laughs> I love stuff like that. I don't know who the first... I was wondering, though, who was the first guy in the group to suggest this? Like, you know, it'd be funny. <laughs> and, then, and just no one responds to it. Never mind, it's probably... Stu- yeah, no. Oh, just let it be dumb. We could film that for TikTok. And I saw Talk To Me. 
I've not yet seen Talk To Me. That's my tomorrow plan. Yeah, made by a couple of Australian YouTubers. Very keen. Pretty keen. Very yeah. fucking keen. Yeah. I thought it was good. Everyone's saying it's like revolutionary. I don't I don't feel like it's doing anything crazy. I don't crazy think new. anything is revolutionary anymore. Well, well, yeah, but like you can do something new. I don't I feel like it's doing something that's been done before very well. Nice. Which is fine. I don't begrudge it that at all. Cool. But um I don't quite get as much hype as there is. I'm very I'm hyped just because of where it's come from mm. and it's Australian and everyone in it is excellent. But that's I'm cool. like we've we've done this. This is a very competent version of what's been done and by all means do it again i enjoy it but you're not um who's revolutionary um leonardo dicaprio was in a movie called revolutionary road exactly bam revolutionary road you ain't mate <laughs> that's what i'll say to rack a rack <laughs> burn notice you know what else was revolutionary the weasel the weasel never has been seen before or since mm-hmm. Hashtag segues. So yeah, as people may have forgotten, and feel like we have at this stage, and I did while watching this film, we're doing the Brendan Fraser filmography. <laughs> it's, it's taking a long time. You know what I've realised? Yo. We're doing an episode of this every two weeks. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it sort of takes over life a bit too much. Uh-huh. And we do do other stuff. Mm. If we d- do that. <laughs> Three years. Three years. Yep. It's going to take three years uh-huh. to get to the end. Yep. Because <laughs> we've, we've talked about doing a live episode uh-huh. and how you know that could be possible. And you do it for something like The Mummy. Mm. So I was trying to plan out when that would be. It's like November next year. It's April next year. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's like, fuck me. <laughs> so I don't know what to do about that. There's no solution to that problem. In the meantime, we've got to finish talking about... Sh- Paulie Shaw. We're finishing our Paulie Shaw trilogy today as he finished his trilogy of Disney movies with In the Army Now. Honestly, thank fuck. I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would and my Paulie Shaw fascination continues <laughs> unabated. <laughs> and I start. I watched most of a movie he... Well, it's like a meta comedy kind of movie mm-hmm. that he put out in 2003 Ooh. called Paulie Shaw is Dead. Okay. Where he plays himself mm-hmm. and it's just like cameos galore. People like Paris Hilton. No, oh, Jesus Because it's 2003. But they were like Charlie Sheen, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, everyone. And yeah. it's just people making fun of Paulie Shaw the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I think it, it portrays a significant amount of humility it's just it's portraying the what he views as the complete decline and decimation of his career he can't get a job anywhere it goes into like his fox sitcom they got cancelled after one episode and it's just people that he's obviously scripted to have phone calls with each other making fun of it and saying how it's the worst thing they've ever seen in their fucking lives (laughs) (laughs) until eventually at a certain point the ghost of sam kinnison appears Mm -hmm. who is like a sort of wild comedian um as like the ghost of christmas future or whatever and is like you should kill yourself jesus fucking christ (laughs) the joke being if you just die now then you'll be someone who died before their time and i'll look at his amazing work if you stay alive and don't do anything else good (laughs) 
that you'll just go off because like Sam Kinison died young and, and so there's other comedians that he knew people make really pointed jokes at him as well like yeah if my mum owned a comedy club I'd probably get started in comedy as well <laughs> in the movie he just he just fails and fails so he's like parking cars at the comedy store for his mum Jesus it's a wild ride <laughs> it's like an hour and 20 minutes long it's just on YouTube and um yeah, another fascinating... I'm going to watch his other films when I have time, like Biodome. And... I'm not going to go out of my way, but yeah. I'm never going to not because, like, like from watching Encino Man, if it yeah, was which from like just a, that film... A long time ago now. If I wouldn't have ever sorted out. Like, I'd be like, oh, God, that was... Because I didn't like Encino Man. Yeah. And I didn't like Paulie in that movie. Yeah. We're anti-Encino, We're anti-Encino Man pro-tenet. Very We're very alone in that dual but I've, position. I've very much enjoyed Paulie in both the other films we've had to watch for the podcast. Yeah, so this is his third and final Disney movie. Encino Man, he's not the main one, and we he was just kind of tiresome for us. Yeah. Son-in-law, as we said, just finds the correct position for him. It just mm. positions the character ideally to work well and play off people in the right way and it's a difficult character to put in that place in that way yeah but it's but his... that that film does a good job of making him like he's not protagonist material but he's just there yeah but he is very he is the protagonist he's the main character it's like carla gugino is the protagonist but yeah. he's the main character yeah and his relationship with carla gugino is what makes that work this is an interesting one. He didn't want to do this. He wanted to do another movie where he'd be like an au pair in London. Okay. Disney wouldn't, were forcing him to do this, basically. They're like, no, you have to follow through. That other movie he wanted to do, Jeffrey Katzenberger bought it and shelved it so that no one could do it, so he couldn't do it. Jeez. So he's coming into this one a bit kicking and screaming. He was very worried about having to shave his hair off because it's a mm. signature, signature weasel look, and I get it. And this is one where he and Andy Dick, who I was reading about, yep. Jesus Christ. That is a person. <laughs> That's See, a person. That, when I saw that Andy Dick was in it, when it started and I was like getting ready to watch it, I immediately was un, like, I did not want like I was afraid it was going to be shit. I didn't know. Because I, I, I don't like the way he talks. Andy Dick. Andy Dick. Oh, well, I, I, have, like, I don't have much opinion on the way he talks. It's I, more the relentless sexual misconduct. Yeah, he's a... Tossing. throughout his life that I was like, like massive he, he, and I, I, Andy Dick is like that's a name I know but I couldn't have told you one thing about yeah, it because he's a dick and I don't know if I've seen anything else he's in but I, I, you've seen Inspector Gadget he was in that oh right yeah, okay starring Matthew Broderick also starred the fantastic new Netflix series Painkiller oh, check that out I'm obsessed with it does yeah, he kill the pain he, yeah he does cool because he plays uh, one of the Sacklers from Purdue who bring out MS Conton it's okay. about the epidemic Fantastic sequence in that. Just like how easy it is to create drama if you do it right. Because mm. it's about MS Compton. One of the characters in it is someone who gets addicted to it after an injury at work. Yeah. So you know that's coming. And he works at a... He owns like a car auto shop. So you're so just, just like, like lights up, every car time auto shop. Him. And you know someone's going to get injured. And so, and then they're just working. People have, so every, it's like Final Destination, you know, every <laughs> little thing. I was like, oh, this is excellent drama. Just, it's like the Hitchcock bomb under the table. Like, and like, you know, like, like you know, they're going to hurt their back. 
Yeah. You just show me a scene like at some point here, someone's going to hurt their back. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Whatever happens. I'll watch a 10 minute dialogue. Like they're going to fall and hurt their back at some point. You cannot have higher stakes in a scene. So I was like, does it pay off? I was more engaged in that and that stupid not atom bomb going off. I tell you that much. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Does <laughs> anyway. it, does it pay off? Yeah. Nice. It's great. That's the dream. That's Matthew Broderick, who was in a film with Andy Dick, who was in this with Paulie Shaw. And in this one, they join the Army Reserves. They join the Reserves. They're in the Army now. They are. I'm obsessed with that title. Like, it's... In the Army now. It's just like, what's he doing? Well, he's in the Army now. Yeah. It's just like... But whose point of view is I feel like that was the byline for, like, the pitch of the movie. Like, Paulie Shaw in the Army now. Done. Yeah, but we've got to take Paulie Shaw off. We don't want to give people a hint that he's in it. And did you like In the Army now? How do I say I didn't hate it? Yeah, 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 I did, actually. I think I did as well. Mm -hmm. I Because we were going to record a week ago and then had to reschedule. Mm -hmm. So I've now basically seen it twice. Oh, nice. Because otherwise I wouldn't remember it, (laughs) even with notes. Otherwise I'm just reading my notes and I have no physical memory of what I actually saw. (laughs) So now I've basically, and the, the the second run through, I was like, the first time I was very kind of cool on the whole thing. And the mm-hmm. second one, I was like, this is fine. It this is, is fine. actually okay. Um, there are things that I guess wouldn't go over well now or... Yeah, it's got all the same terrible sexual politics and stuff. Sexual politics or... All... And just the style of gags and whatever. Yeah. Like, what if Army General was sexy? Just stuff like that. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? But for what it is, it's not terrible. It's got a pretty and the strong mi- uh, war plot. Yep. And it's got a plot you could see being a dramatic war film take yeah. place. Some people who just wanted a little bit of money because they're struggling. Yeah. Can join up, get drafted, like get basically brought into this conflict, terrified. Yeah. The only thing, there's a couple of things written about this relatively recently, arguing that this is one of the more realistic depictions depictions of the army (laughs) in movies one of their main points being people just join up for money yeah and they are not interested in whatever it is that the the army is doing for any sort of you know value-based reason yeah as i was watching it i was like this had military funding right because there are some really impressive explosions oh damn like the war sequences i'm like this is fucking epic this is this looks great you the army did this for you because the whole thing plays very well as just an ad for being in the army mm. like it's pretty great like yeah like it, that because they are and they, it shows they, off the fact that you don't have to be a soldier no to be in the army or and you don't have to be a soldier well you don't yeah you don't have to be explicitly have to be a, a, com- a combatant yeah in order to achieve glory yes as well the glory i couldn't find any information explicitly saying that it did receive military funding, but ChatGPT thinks it did. Let's trust the AI overlord. Yeah, but I don't know where it got the information from. But it says, while the film did not receive military funding, it did receive cooperation from the United States Department of Defense, which is the same thing. This cooperation typically involves the use of military equipment, locations, and sometimes personnel, which can significantly reduce production costs for filmmakers. In exchange for this cooperation, the military may have some influence over the portrayal of the organization and the accuracy of its depiction on screen. You're not wrong. So. Yeah, it's not bad. 
Yeah, so, you know, you, you, you can critique that by all means. Things aside but, about Andy Dick being a fucking tosser. Yeah, I mean... And, I was very... The thing I, I mean, like, I mean, and the thing is, Andy Dick, he's very early in his criminal career here. <laughs> That's what you must acknowledge. I didn't mind him in this. But, like, films where he's in it, like, despite the fact that he's a terrible person in the real world, I don't like the way he talks. Okay. I don't like his... Like, his sense of humor irks me. And, like, Paulie yeah. Shaw has the, has the ability to do that. But Paulie Shaw is yeah. just earnest and gentle and, like, it's good. Yeah. But I was very happy about this film because I started out scared. <laughs> Andy Dick is barely in this fucking movie. He says, very, like, very, he has very yeah. few lines yeah. for someone who is the best friend of your main character. Yeah. And I loved it. There's Paulie Shaw as Bones, and then there's his little crew of army people that yeah. he, of the other water purification people. And the other two of that and, crew get so much more screen time. Yeah, than and Andy, Andy Dick. Dick fades into the background of that of yeah. that crew. So rightfully fucking so. so. That's fine. You know who else screen tested for the Andy Dick role? Who? Brandon Fraser. No, that would have been great. He's way beyond that. Nah, but Adrian Brody. <laughs> <laughs> In a different era, Adam Goldberg and Chris Rock apparently. This is unverified, obviously, but apparently they screen tested. Chris Rock would have been cool, actually. That's a different world, I think, a Paulie Shaw, Chris Rock movie. Yeah, because I, th- I actually, I don't know if their senses of humor would blend. Because Chris Rock is very yell, yell. Paulie Shaw is very, very, hey, man. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. You could have them, f- they wouldn't be best friends. You could have them forced together through circumstance. Yeah. I think Chris Tucker would suit a Paulie Shaw comedy more yeah. than Chris Rock. Yeah, because he's he's because Chris Tucker's energetic, massive energy is very, but he's less aggressive. Yeah, so knowledge bones and Andy bones and Dick, they <laughs> they work. Dicky, yeah, they work in a in a place that sells tellies and stuff. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? Crazy boys. I don't know. I don't know if it's called Crazy Boys, but he says that they're crazy boys. <laughs> A lot of the time. That was pretty good. And he does that like four times in that opening scene where they're working at the shop. The thing about doing a Paulie Shaw impression is... It's impossible. It is impossible. You can... (laughs) Because whatever pattern is happening in his brain is impossible to replicate in order to talk like that. (laughs) And they should study it. You can... But if if there's something his say... If there's something he says, you can replicate that word for word. And you can do that. Well, you you can't riff. No, you can't, you can't have conversations. It's as not like an Shaw. accent. <laughs> That's what's so hard about doing a Polish Shaw impression. I'm going to Google Polish Shaw impressions in a little while. Okay, they're playing army video games in there, and you know they're just they're just not having a good time. He gets caught by the boss, mm-hmm. like trying to hook up with his girlfriend. I think. Right yeah, the they back. break some TVs. They break some TVs. Get fired. They get fired and they bump into some reserves. Oh, wait. Fellas. Their dream is to own their own electronics store. Yeah. And the reason they're working there is to save up money so that they can pay rent mm-hmm. on their own electronics store. Yeah. And learn the industry. A good dream. Good yeah. dream. Yeah. It's the dream of an everyman. It's the American dream. It is to own an electronics store. To sell store. Japanese electronics. Yeah. At a store that's like. The one that they end up having is kind of weird. Like it's got a camel as their logo, it's got like Sahara. Yeah, because that's where the most important thing that has ever happened to them happened. And they felt a rush that they'll never feel again. Yeah, the rush of murdering people. The rush of massacring <laughs> Libyans. Oh, God. <clears throat> yeah, so they work and they get fired. Libyans specifically. 
It's made very explicit in the film. Yeah, the, yeah. The bad, the bad guys are the Libyans. I would never have... Like Back to the Future. I didn't expect Paul Shaw. The Libyans! Yeah, what was... <laughs> Libyans were just standards <laughs> for everything back then. I feel, I feel like for Americans, it's probably just like vague enough that you don't have to give too much detail. Yeah. But Americans be like, yeah, Libyans, they're probably a, a rough lot. Are so they? It's definitely It's a complicated situation. <laughs> Gaddafi, etc. <laughs> so they bump into some reserves, guys. And they're like, you're in the army, that probably sucks. And they're like, no, actually, it's great. Actually, it's the best thing you could possibly do with your life. It doesn't take up very much time. This whole thing is just like the ads we still have for the Australian army now. Yeah. It's like, do you like video games and hanging out with your friends and, and like being on the beach? Well, that's the army, bruh. <laughs> that's what the army is. That's what the army reserves are. That's what the army reserves it. It's just like a part-time job. Where you might get to shoot Libyans. <laughs> what more could what a guy other want? What part-time job can offer that? <laughs> it's a guaranteed job for eight years. You get two and a half grand just for signing up. So they think it's so. Bones thinks this is the best idea in the world. Andy Dick's on the fence. They choose to join the water purification team. Yeah, because they think that won't get us into com- combat. Yeah. We're just going to be regular dudes. Yeah. And also they don't think there is any war, you know. Yeah. There's also no wars happening at the moment. Yeah. Which, you know, not in retrospect, 994 was a pretty good time if you're going to join the army in America. Sweet time to join. And then. And then. Get those those eight years and then (laughs) straight out again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You would would have timed that perfectly. Oh, oh man! <sighs> Sorry, America. This is okay. What I'm going to say now isn't funny. Okay. Okay. This isn't funny. Should I not laugh at it then? Don't laugh at okay, this. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. But they join the water purification unit because then they'll be safe. This was only a few years after the first Gulf War. During that war, a water purification unit from the reserves suffered the highest casualty rate of any American unit during the war <laughs> when a SCUD missile struck their barracks, resulting in an 81% casualty rate. Jesus fucking what? So I guess they didn't look that up before doing well, this yeah, film. Googled, That's so Google specific. Exist. They couldn't Google it? No, I couldn't That's so it. specific. <laughs> yeah. That's so specific of an insensitive thing to do in 1994. <laughs> anyway. Jesus. It's buzz cut time. This so this this early Paulie Shaw in this in this I think this is the best he has ever looked. Buzz cut Paulie Shaw. No, before the buzz cut. Oh yeah, he looks he's, like a like an adult. He looks like an adult. Mm-hmm. He's filled out a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of buffness going on there. He's got a bit of a beard. He's got a real beach Jesus thing going on. He does have a beach Jesus. I'm like Paulie Shaw looks a million bucks here. I think he looks okay with his hair shaved, but just like yeah. He's there's a dweebiness to him in the previous two, which he's has has grown out of. Yes, you know? he's he's evolved. He's grown into, into himself. He's, he's probably man. like twenty six. He's become a man, and we have become men with him as we watch these films. <laughs> he but he's undeniably less handsome after the bus cut. Take that, Paulie. I kind of I felt like him and Andy Dick. They both kind of looked like men in black aliens. Well, after the after, after the, the haircut, cut, yeah, yeah, they look like Johnny Knoxville in the in the second Men in Black movie. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They get to Army Place. There's Drill Sergeant Ludd, 
who's a woman. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so progressive. So progressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's very bad at... Some of the, you know, I'm not laughing, but these jokes are okay. <laughs> it's like, give me 20, and he gets his wallet out and stuff like that. There you are know? little bits like that where it's cool. You know, yeah. I'm like, I guess that's fine. Um, yeah, they do like the gladiator game with the big soft <laughs> sticks. And he, yeah, just... He gets his ass kicked he, off screen. Yeah, he persistently sexually harasses her. Um, yeah, throws the pin and drops the grenade. Yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> So they're, they're bad at being The training army. montage is great. Yeah. And it shows that they barely scrape through. Yeah, they somehow graduate. Reserve, reservists? Reservists. Yeah. But, I mean, and that's probably realistic as well, because I can't believe the US military standard is that high, given the quotas they have to fill. Yeah. That's not a comment on the proficiency of our troops. No, but the US troops. And I call them our troops, because we have a lot of US army bases here. Are we in NATO? No. Are we? North Atlantic trade. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could be, but we're not really more... local. <laughs> that was some more beta activity there in terms of our knowledge. <laughs> and so then we meet his other crew members. We meet Christine Jones, who's a, another woman. She's scrappy. She wants to be in the infantry, but they don't let women in. Then we meet Fred Ostroff, played by David Alan Greer, who I clearly just another caliber of performer. (laughs) Like as soon as he came on screen, this guy's like won Tony Awards and stuff. The second I'm like, oh, look, an actor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Why was he free for these three weeks? Look at all the energy and charisma that is suddenly on screen (laughs) that I didn't realize we were lacking. They learn how to purify water. The boss is impressed. He said, "That's the best damn glass of purified water I've ever had." The, pu- the water, pu- that's that's like that's that's a good plot device. It's a great plot device because it gets you into where you need to be. Like it's a nece- yeah. it's a necessary part of. It's clear. It's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. It's obviously essential. We don't need to know how they do it. We just need to know that these are the guys who are needed to do that. Yeah, and yeah. a way to have people be not non-combatant military people in a military setting. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. They they graduate. They're having the best time of their lives. Uh, there's a there's a house party. He's got his girlfriend there. She's excited because he's buff, and they do weird stuff on the bed. He is still persistently weird in sexual situations. But I think we can also we should also acknowledge that in this film, Paulie Shaw has multiple consenting adult relationships with women who are into him, mm-hmm. and they're relatively normal. Yep, that's good. It, it's it's quite great. That shows character growth from his previous <laughs> films, you know. And and so, is it true that when you're deploying, the army calls and gives you a secret coded message? I do not believe so. When they say the geese are flying south, I do not believe so. Especially for the reservists, you just get a phone call and say, "Hey, Gary, yeah, you got to come into the in, and I guess you got to come is... into the barracks. We're, we're being we're being brought up. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably get a letter, wouldn't you? In the nineties, probably not. Well, they're not, they're not going to call 5,000 people. No, they'd just be calling the specific members of whichever... Yeah, but if you're deploying a load of reservists... Well, it's not just them. They're, like, doing big troop movements into well, no, Chad. The, the troop movements are the troops themselves. The The reason they're going is because they're the water for pur- water purification dudes yeah. from the reservists, so they're most likely to go. 
So not not all the so people. So they're in the reserve. only little add-on yeah, going. The army reserve isn't the, going. Oh, just okay. this group of the army reserve is going. Okay. All right. Because Chad is a very dry place. Oh. Checks out. And they say that dialogue-wise. They that like there is a oh, line okay. that says that, which is good. All right. To clear it up. So okay. All these readers. Fair enough. Fair enough. I love that geese flying south. <laughs> so there's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so they think Libyans are listening in. <laughs> yes. To like. Well, they've just it's been very, trying to buy plutonium from Doc Brown. Yeah. And they're like, it's it's very important we know if they're mobilizing the water purification service. Because if they're getting those lads in, then they mean business. And we're going to have to really <laughs> step our game up here. They try to pretend to be gay to get out of going to chat. They can't bring themselves to kiss each other. Yeah. I like that they, they say, we're, and they say we, we're, we're, we're close. We're, we're, yeah, we're gay. And so the officer's like, oh, well, of course, that's the end of that. Obviously, you can't go to... <laughs> Enough said. Can't have gays in the army. That's obviously. <laughs> but before I let you go, just, yeah. just mack on each other for a Ask little them bit. To kiss wouldn't work these days. Would That'll it? do it for me. Gen Z, they'll kiss anything <laughs> to get out of war. <laughs> yeah, they can't do this test anymore. No, no. The 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 homophobia is so much weakened over time that it's not an it's not an adequate test. You'd have to go much further. <laughs> so then we cut. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Why? Then we cut to a very California-looking Chad. It's filmed in Arizona. Yeah, this is all very. This is all very California, very Arizona-looking. I mean, I guess later on they are just in dunes and stuff, so it's fair enough. But this beginning bit where they're camped, I'm like, yeah, that looks like. That looks no, like where Chad the guys like. got blown up at the end of Dogfight. <laughs> brackets more like dog shit that's a reference to a previous episode um, it looks like any planet that they land on in Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> or Star Wars frankly because oh, every, no, every planet Tunisia. is just sand but there's, they, they go to Tunisia in well, different turns, deserts turns out they didn't need to they didn't you could have got an, a perfectly good Tunisia in, in, in Arizona yeah there's a new mean sergeant Gets him to do push-ups. And he can do like 120 push-ups now. Yeah, because he's Because he's in the army now. He's in the army now. I don't he's know if you know. Do they ever say it? No. Because Paulie Shaw does multiple rousing speeches in this film. He does a couple of good speeches. And at speeches. one point I want him to be like, come on, guys, we're in the army now. <laughs> and then we could do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Oi, oi. There it is. Nailed it. We're peeling potatoes. They... Scare Fred about scorpions. They're razzing each other. They're you know they're being best mates. They're being bros. Yeah. Also, there's, they meet some Delta guys, some yeah. dudes from the Special Forces. So the bad guy from Titans and Mission Impossible Seven is there. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I did not realize that. Si Morales is here, <laughs> being Special Forces. As new as new antagonist, so he's the bully of yeah. the school. He's the cool. He's the jock. Yeah, of he's the of the barracks. He's the yeah because he's special forces. Yeah, and I'm like, if you you should not give men a job where the one of the words is special, <laughs> because they're gonna turn into dicks. No, they're special. We're special. We're special. We're special forces. We force things. If I was in special forces, if I've had to do anything too hard, I'd be like, oh, I don't feel very special right now. This is bullshit. 
We're the special forces. Special forces. <laughs> special. Where's my air conditioning? What's I'm special. What's special? Our style. <laughs> Our force. It's not what we do. It's how we do it. Okay? <laughs> We're special forces. We're special. Everyone's special. <laughs> no, no. Not everyone is special. There's no special forces. We're all special. No. Really. <laughs> Only a few people are special. Famously. And so we're in the mess tent, and who's there? Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Oh, yeah, yeah. This podcast, uh, this podcast the... is called Turns of Phrase. Yeah, yeah. It's not called On the Shore. <laughs> what a great, great title. Yeah. Um, so what happens now is... Oh, sea to Shore would be sea... a... Sea to Shore would be a much better title for a Paulie Shore podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Mm. That's good. That's good. Bank that. Bank that. Say for that us, for later. For We're us. already three, three in. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be much extra effort for us just to round off the Polish or filmography. So this is meant to be Link again. Mm-hmm. He's got a little name tag. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's got, oh, a, I didn't he's spot got a little that. soldier name. Now Link has learned how to talk and how to sound like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Link just has Brendan Fraser's voice now. Mm-hmm. So okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's joined the army. A very believable course of action for that <laughs> for that character. But he's also nice. Yes. And pleasant. He's a nice guy. This is how I would have thought Link would talk when he could talk. Same. And he says, don't eat the chicken. It tastes just like frog. Now, this informs the discussion we were having about the frog eating in Son-in-Law. Uh-huh. <laughs> in that, famously... <laughs> Paulie Shaw is dressed as Carmen Miranda and has a very plastic-looking frog on his head, which Link takes and takes a bite from, mm-hmm. but it looks sort of like plasticine. This would imply that when that happened, that was a real frog that Paulie Shaw had gotten somehow to. and it put could, on his head. It could head. just be that he could have eaten other Link, frogs. Other Link time. recognizes Paulie Shaw, who's in the army now. I know he is. And would remember that moment where he was drunk enough to eat part of Paulie Shaw's plastic frog. So you think... Like, don't eat the chicken. It tastes just like frog. Wink, wink. But Uh. also, Uh. this isn't his character from Son-in-Law. His character has shifted universes again. Yeah. With yet more mystery given to it because he once again tries to remember who Link is. He does. There's a moment where he's like, mm. I love that. Me too. I love that that gets repeated. <laughs> of his it, character was, it was more in this than it was in Trying to remember his previous incarnations. <laughs> Very meta. He says, don't eat the chicken. It tastes just like frog. But he like eats frog a lot. Why is he eating all these frogs if he doesn't like it? Because he's well, maybe he likes it. But also, I'm eating the chicken, mate. I'm in the army now. Mm. If there's chicken around, I'm eating it because I'm going to be starving. Then he takes the bread roll from Bones's tray and eats it. Nice. Because he's still a caveman, I guess. Is that mid- no? Because he's like a he's soldier. Still- they share everything. No, they don't. Oh, okay. I'm not. If I'm a soldier. Oh, okay. But my special. shit is mine. He, but Brendan's special. <laughs> Brendan is. He's, he's special. Brendan <laughs> is special. Brendan's a one man special force. <laughs> he deserves the bread one, roll. Because... One person. I'm the special force. <laughs> go, go, special force. And just, just like care bears, just shoots, <laughs> light shoots out. Pterodactyl. <laughs> And that's it. That's that's Brendan Fraser. 
his presence in this mo- in this movie uh, to me that speaks to a persistent and genuine friendship, friendship between him and Paulie Shaw because there's no reason to do this there's no reason to do the second one and it wouldn't have been let a lot alone of- the third third appearance yeah so they're friends and it's not a lot of effort you are you know it's a it's a morning or an afternoon oh yeah this just, is even this is even less because he just has to put an army outfit on yeah. and the other one he had like link hair and stuff but uh yeah i haven't heard either than the either than address it but i think he likes paulie shaw and he's just doing him a favor because he is doing him a favor at this point because brendan's on the up and up yeah and he's also the star of Paul Shaw's most the, successful film by a long way. Paul is on the... Mm-hmm. Paul is on the... As as he would say, he is on the down and down. <laughs> it never gets back to son-in-law, unfortunately. Like the one after this is... This, this movie had, and I quote, uni- almost universally negative reviews. <laughs> it holds a 6% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. It made $28 million there. Yeah. Have you seen Stripes with Bill Murray? I have seen Stripes. I haven't. That's the one everyone keeps comparing it to. And saying I was like, going to compare it to it. This is like this. a much less good Stripes. Yeah, that is a very, very apt description Description of what uh, this film is. Okay, fair enough. Made like 10 years after Stripes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stripes walked so this could fall over. <laughs> yeah. Stripes walked so <laughs> in the army now could use crutches. I have to watch Stripes tonight. Okay. Yeah. You're going to sit and watch it or are you going to be learning how to no, jump? I'm, I'm making props for a show at the moment, so I'll be making those while I watch Stripes. Okay. What kind of props? I'm making a oversized wrench, a candlestick. Is it comedy sized? It's not comedy sized. It's just large enough to be seen as a wrench from the audience. Oh, but to These be... are all the murder tools for Cluedo. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm going to make them just a little bit bigger than they need to be. Yeah. Hard to make lead piping look dramatic. It's going to be a piece of PVC that's painted. Little that's, thin. That's that's it. Pretty little much. thin stick. Candlestick. You can go mental. Fuck yeah. Do a face like Lumiere. No, it's just a one stick. It's not a not a proper candelabra. Oh, you got a trident. You could, but you, it's got to be just one. It's got to be a bat. This is the Yeah. It's got to just be a bat. No, you got the three. No, it's just got to be a bat. It's got to be a bat. The base is where the weight of it's it is. Got, you swing. You swing the base into the head. It's got to be I think there's much more fun versions of Cluedo you could do with much more fun weapons, don't you think? Yeah, there are much more. There are there, like they've you know how they release like themed monopolies. Yeah, there are themed Cluedos where weapons change. Of yeah, cheese grater. That'd be a horrific murder. Yeah, it would you wouldn't even know who you'd murdered? No. Nah. Damn. Yeah, the whole game is just trying to identify the body. That's a different game. It's called Operation. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> uh, he's met Brendan. They're at the thing. The Brendan thing happens. The, and that the happens special guy time. doesn't like them. So they, yeah. he has a, almost they, has a food fight with him, but it doesn't yeah. happen. And then that guy gets in trouble. Yeah. They do a high school prank and tape them to the porta potties. Yep. Very high school. Blah, 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 blah. Then the film happens. Yeah. We They've get got a mission. A mission. We have to, they have to resupply a forward UN peacekeeping base. Badass. Nice. Fucking... Fuck yes. Yeah. And they do explain, like, relatively believably that there's been assaults on U.S. peacekeeping forces, which is why the U.S. has gone there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't looked up if this is, like, what did happen or, like, there were U.S. troops in Chad specifically around this time. But it all feels very believable. Yeah. It's 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 not bullshit. But, and I mean, and it's, 
it's good because I thought surely this film is going to have, you know, the Top Gun Maverick problem, one of the many connections between these two films, that it's a war movie with no war. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in the army now, sure, but what are we doing? Yeah. They construct a fairly believable small-scale conflict to, <laughs> in, to which, put them in, yeah. in which they can participate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so their mission is, and they they join a convoy, and they're heading out. They're going to do water, and the and the like. The general's like, "This is an incredibly simple and basic thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is not hard. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, mate. Just get out there." They slow down for a moment, and the convoy continues past them, and then immediately we hear the noises of that convoy getting obliterated. <laughs> it's fuck. It's mental. Like they slow down for like like twenty seconds. And then the convoy passes a corner, and they're fucked. It's crazy. We don't get to see that, obviously. No. So it could just be those Delta dudes get around the corner and be like, this would be hilarious right now if we just the, pretend we're all dying. <laughs> those the, water boys, they're going to shit themselves. The Libyan forces are doing an excellent job throughout this movie. <laughs> like, in a real David and Goliath situation is what it should be. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are not being shocked or awed. They are really <laughs> putting up a good fight. <laughs> Yeah, well, they've just sent the reservists in, apparently. Mm. So they get attacked by a Libyan commando squad, mm-hmm. but they manage to save one water truck. Bone saves it by being brave. It's it's pretty cool. It's all about like the he blow just up. runs, but they 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 like they they they're fleeing. Yeah, and he makes the decision to run back, start the truck, and reverse a little bit. His team thinks he's dead. Yeah, everything blows up, oh. and then he emerges from the smoke triumphant. It's fucking great. Great stuff. I think my my only issue, like you know, if I were to nitpick it, is like you know, Bones basically becomes a great military leader <laughs> in the course of this film. <laughs> um, but, but he, he keeps his heart. But he keeps his heart. But he kind of is that the whole time, you know. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think at the start it, he's a bumbling leader, where he's like, he's um. He just sort of uh, like turns out to be good at it. Yeah. Like against the odds, he doesn't overcome. Because he plays so many video games. Well, like even that would be fine. Do a bit of a Gran Turismo. <laughs> I can't fucking wait for that movie to come out. It's I'm out so now. sick of we that trailer. We can go see it. We can go see it. No, I'm not going to see it. Oh, you, we can go. We go. I mean, I. <laughs> I want the Bloomersance, <laughs> but... But you're not going to see that movie? I feel like I have. <laughs> I, I was at a server the other day, and you know how they have little TVs on your, on your pumps now at the, oh, at yeah. the server? Oh, the server I pulled into was playing the trailer for that movie, or like oh. the 30-second version of that trailer, continuously. It looks good, I, and I like the trailer, but I've just, for whatever reason, been going to the movies a lot lately, <laughs> and so I've seen it like 10 times. <laughs> The other day it started and it was a different trailer and I was ecstatic <laughs> just to oh, be a different this? version of the Gran Turismo <laughs> fucking trailer. We're back at the cinemas, y'all. We're yeah. back at the cinemas. Yeah. The plague yeah. is officially movies, over. We're movies back are at back. the cinemas. Movies man. are back, baby. <laughs> Gran Turismo. Only in cinemas. Yeah. Christopher Nolan tried to do it with Tenet, but it was actually his next film. <laughs> Remember when Tenet was Movies Are Back? Yeah, man. Nah, dude. They were back, though. <laughs> it's August 2020. <laughs> <sighs> movies Are Back. Movies Are Not Back, bro. <laughs> and this is not the one. <laughs> the thing's going to bring them back. One of the densest, weirdest action movies of all time. <laughs> that most people still don't understand. You know what the people are dying for right now? A really polarizing film. <laughs> That's what the country needs. 
during this time of crisis? Something that you really have to wrestle with. <laughs> no, we want Top Gun Maverick. Oh, man. That's when movies were made. We were so ready for Top Gun Maverick. We sure were. All right, so they, he saves the truck. They get kind of lost. They get the, lost in the dunes. And then we get um, Sinking Sand. The very, truck is very big stuck. problem. Trunk Andy Dick makes fucking sure that the truck is stuck. Yeah. Because he blows the engine bay. Yeah. He's, Andy Dick is not coping. Yeah. And rightfully Paul, so. Paulie sort of tries to order him around a bit. And he's like, yeah. you just have to listen to me. He's like, all I've ever done is listen to you. Like, I'm a private first class. Character conflict. Pretty mm. decent character conflict between these two. He is technically the man in charge of this team. Yeah. Which is cool. And it's justified. And um, mm. they they have to learn to be Oh, followers. yeah, because his brother's a pool guy. That's why he's so good at the yeah. water, water, water purification. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's funny how it is all just... The lesson everyone learns at every point is how right the army is about everything mm-hmm. and how good the stuff it does is. <laughs> so, you know, I don't love that, but... <laughs> but it's definitely true. That's what it means. It's definitely, yeah. Why would the film light? Like, they have, they have to learn to be followers and he has to learn to be the leader. There's no teamwork. At one point, Paulie tries to get them to... To vote. To vote and be a team. They and they're like, no, that is not how the army works. <laughs> We are not going to give you any suggestions or ideas. You tell us what to do. And if you're wrong, we will all die. That's like literally the line. Because this is, we're, I don't know if you know. We're in, the army. we're in the army now. And in the army now, there is no discussion. Which, you know, probably true. Don't have to discuss stuff on the beaches of Normandy, do you? Yeah, but like not all of life is that. Famously. They spend the night. You're doing it on purpose now. They spend the night at the truck Mm. and then set off across the desert in daytime. It feels like the wrong way around to do that. Um, I've I've seen this in another film where it's better to do it in the daytime, specifically because you can watch your footprints behind you and know where you're coming from. Because at nighttime, if you can't do that, because you favor one leg more than the other, you will walk in a circle. They end up walking in a circle anyway. Right. But it is explained that desert, like, desert survival is... Try not to walk in a circle. Don't walk in a circle, yeah. But, like, if the moon is out, you you'll you be should able to be see able to and see. you just follow the moon. Like you should unique. be able to, yeah. Or follow the North Star. If you walk in a circle, wouldn't you just notice the sun moving? I don't know. Maybe just walk in an arc. So it's subtle. I don't know. Ask someone who died in the desert, I guess. Yeah. John Wick. Yeah, ask John Wick, who definitely mm. did die, and everything after that is a fugue strike, <laughs> fugue dream. Um, can you can you tear your sleeve off and fill it up with water? Depends on the material. Yeah. So, are they wearing watertight uniforms? Well, I in the desert. Think, I didn't think like I know like tent canvas is you, water impervious. Like you can't like. I understand a tent. But, but she's taking her sleeves off. Yeah, but uh, there was a time where uniforms were made out of canvas. So it's possible I'm, that their oh. uniforms are made out of the right canvas. But that doesn't seem... Like, if you put enough layers, I guess, it'd do it a little bit. Yeah. They really talk about it like it's a real thing. Mm. You need you need moisture-wicking fabrics. But also, if you tear your sleeve off, you've got a tube. And if you just tie a knot at one end of that tube, then you've got basically a, a thing. But that knot... I understand that. That knot is not going to be water water sealed. Like, that's got to be a really oh. fucking tight knot. Yeah, it's a tight good knot. Just no, no good knots. Maybe they're wearing plastic outfits. 
because they're in the reserves. True. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's actually just a big poncho with camouflage painted on it. <laughs> and they're all just wearing jeans. <laughs> just, <laughs> just board shorts just, and thongs. We're just, in the army now. Just jeans and runners. <laughs> they never cut the jeans off into shorts to stay cool, like in Lost. Why would you? That's my biggest problem with Lost. That's, l- that's your biggest problem. <laughs> I love that show. I have no problem with anything it does, except... They the just wear full-length jeans. They're and hike, boots. They're hiking up. Well, you can wear boots, but like they're hiking up mountains. They cover a lot of ground in that show. Mm. No one even suggests cutting off their pants into shorts because it would look silly. <laughs> they wear full-length jeans day in, day out for months in the in a tropical island. Yeah. And it that it just doesn't make sense, okay? <laughs> and it's unsatisfying. Everything else about that show, 10 out of 10. I, so, so they're staggering through the desert. I, I like this line. He says, come on, guys. Just think of it as a really big day on a really big beach in a very dry year. <laughs> That's, I like that. <laughs> you go to the beach, there's no water. <laughs> dry year. <laughs> Man, it's uh, a big beach. It's a dry year. Um, Andy s- Dick sees a mirage, strips naked, rolls yeah. around in the sand for a little bit. An unfortunate portent of things to come mm-hmm. for Mr. Dick, <laughs> the unfortunately named. There's a, a snake appears. Bones is brave. Also, oh, Bones gives another little pep talk then. So speech number two gets... gets oh, yeah, they find an oasis. Stick off the ground. Yeah, there's a snake. Bones is brave, shoots the snake. They try and cook it. Mm-hmm. The shooting reveals an oasis, whatever. Energy is developing between him and Christine. Mm-hmm. Turns out they genuinely do just like each other and bond over their love of adventure. Libyans capture them. Just as he as they're just as they're like we're saved. Like they're at a place where they found some civilization. They're like, yeah. oh my god, this is amazing. We did it. Captured. I like that the Libyan commander says, You are the reservists from Glendale, California, correct? <laughs> That's like 500 kilometers in that direction where you film I'm, the other scenes, right? I know because I was listening in onto the geese fly south situation. <laughs> and then. Um, You're not going to guess who else has been captured. It's only SI Morales. Special Forces. It's only the bad guy from Titans. Turns out the Special Forces are all dead and one of them is alive. He's So all the specialness comes to him. Mm-hmm. He's now super yeah, special. There can be only one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he killed them all. <laughs> He's the Highlander. Yeah. Is it Esaimarot, he gives them a knife to try and escape? Yeah, he's got happens? some sort of tool that he's been not able to use because he got shot in the leg. Yeah. But he's like, we've got to finish my mission, man. I've got this intel. We've got yeah. to get it back to our dudes because they've got missiles that we've got to... Yeah, there's Destroy. a missile situation. And they he, start their breakout situation. Yeah, he makes out with Christine in the prison. As you do. This is my favorite line of the whole thing, when Ooh. she comes over and startles him. And Paulie Shaw says, I don't know why this, this makes me laugh. You didn't scare me. I just felt like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he just like whispers it. Yeah. You didn't scare me. I just felt like screaming. That's such a great thing to say. Like if someone startles you. Like when someone jumps out, <laughs> you didn't scare me. I just, I just felt like because, like, he gets because I guess one... that is what happens when you get scared. You do feel like screaming. You just don't put it in those words at the time. He gets one bar out, and then a siren goes off. So he puts it back in, and the siren stops. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. 
Massive air raid. Some more genuinely Every single building in the compound is destroyed. Blown to shit. Theirs is not. <laughs> they get the keys. This line fucked me up. Where he says, um, they're getting, they're pulling the keys into the prison. He goes, this is like a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, because the ride. Because the ride. The ride must have been really detailed. <laughs> Like, well, when it you, has yeah, well, it's because it's because it's everything a, it's a, from the movie. It's a what's it called? It's like a love. What's the love tunnel ride? The love boat thing, and you yeah. just go through a a water tunnel, and it's basically you're going through a museum, and they've got like scene after scene after scene after scene set yeah. up, and there is a scene in the original Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and like a lot of the a lot of the Black Pearl movie, yeah, is made on scenes from that. I ride. need to do some of these big rides. Have you have you been to a Disneyland? I haven't been to Disneyland, but I've done a lot of research on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> well, so have I. I'm special. So I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you so got obsessed with it. I'm so special. You just you can't help yourself. You have to know everything about Pirates of the Caribbean before you can relax, and that's just how your brain works. It's just because I'm I'm different than other yeah. guys, you know. Yeah, different than other people who've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, they escape, but yeah, I know stuff about Pirates of the Caribbean as well, mate. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. The last ride to be personally that? overseen by Walt Disney. Opened three months after his death. But you didn't know that. But you didn't know that. I've known that for ages. Did you just Google it? No. <laughs> I Googled it before you arrived. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm going to keep Googling stuff after you leave because I can't help myself. That's just what I'm like. Anyway. <laughs> they escape. They drive a truck through the gates. It looks great. Truck runs out of gas. Meet some Libyans and buy cam or chard chardians. They, they trade whatever. They trade the truck and other things for camels. They buy camels. Andy Dick's got a fucking watch with a compass in it, and they trade that for the camels. Is what it ends up being. <laughs> camels know where they're going. But but where Bones doesn't make compass. a big deal. He's like, oh, you've had this all along. Oh, okay. You've had this all along, mate. Like Bones <laughs> knows that it's a fucking stupid thing to have had all along, <laughs> but he doesn't like. Harp oh. on it for too long? Because he's not a terrible leader. No. He's, he's not. like, mate, that was fucking he's stupid. Like, we're we're going to take this and utilize it finally yeah. to get ourselves something to help us. He's like, we're going to circle back to this later. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it now because we have bigger problems. But you are an absolute piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's the subtext. But you know what? Fuck you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like... These fast attack vehicles get parachuted down out of nowhere. Mm, fucking badass. Fucking dune buggies arrive. It's like a scene from G.I. Joe. You need yeah. a certain tool for your mission. Bam. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. It's very, it becomes a bit Hobbs and Shaw at this it's point. It's so great. Um, S.I. Morales is there again. And he has like these amazing guns. And he gives he gives them and those guns. Too. Yeah. Hey, nice. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Comedy. Special forces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they radio the base and they're like, "We're alive, isn't that great news? Please bring us back." And they're like, "No, you have to do you have to do the special forces mission. Yeah, you're the only people there. You, <laughs> you got to do it. Our like multi-trillion-dollar military has been winnowed down to you four losers and an injured special forces guy and who's losing his mind a bit because you gave him morphine and S.I. Morales, the most special boy, <laughs> and." You see, you're the only asset on the ground. You're soldiers, goddammit. So there's a Scud launching base loaded with chemical weapons. I like oh, that. It's a nice touch. Yeah. Can't be spotted from the air due to camouflage. 
We know the coordinates, but you have to paint it with the laser target designator. I do like the, the um, weird conversation because there are terms in there that Paulie Shaw ain't going to understand. Yeah. We'd understand because we've seen other action movies. Yeah. But like if you're just a regular Joe no. and a guy goes to you, we need you to paint it. Well, he, he, that's, yeah, cause I think he makes that, jokes about that. Yeah. Right? Like those are some of the best the jokes. It, it looks fine how it is. <laughs> I think just delivered differently. Some of these jokes could, would land a bit stronger. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. And they kind of get old mate to do it. It's like, you, you, you use lasers in dentistry, right? <laughs> <laughs> he fucks it and up I li- straight up. <laughs> yeah. I like that the, the general keeps trying to talk to him to give him more instructions. And he's like, I'm trying to have a moment with my friends. Please chill. <laughs> and then he gives his final rousing speech where it's like, you all a bunch of losers, but look at you now, basically. Mm. And uh, does he does great. I think he does a good performance of that speech as well. I think that this is... I think so too. This is the best Paulie Shaw not being the weasel. But, Which it, but, I think, it, but it also plays as the weasel gr- growing up. Yeah. Like, isn't that an amazing story of, like, what where the weasel is most at home turns out being in the army now? Oh, it's just the American dream. It's the, Amer- it's the, American, it's dream the American dream man. of just smoking doobies and skateboarding with your caveman best yeah, friend. But when that doesn't get you money. Then you go to college for 10 years <laughs> and hang out and party there. And then you just go join the army and be a hero. And you're fucking set for life. And you're set for owning life. Owning an electronic store after Dip that. out of there in 2002. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> ro- Yuck. Yoink. Yuck. Write a, write a <laughs> memoir. <laughs> write a memoir. I want someone to write a military memoir where they never went to war. <laughs> they just had that six-year period. They were just in the gap. <laughs> This is called my gap year. <laughs> the, yeah. And just like, yeah, nothing that interesting. <laughs> like you see all those dudes telling stories about like when they're overseas, how boring life is when you're on like, yeah, when you're in like bases and whatnot. Like and a like lot of those jobs. So much routine. So shit. Yeah. It's like, it's terrible. It's like 95% monotony, 5% blind. And terror. this guy's entire memoir is that, but like he goes home at night. And sleeps and in his bed yeah. with his family. Like he just lives his life. He just goes yeah, to just work in the morning. Just a reservist in the late nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all going to follow him because he's private first class. They try to get rid of the camel, but the camel, the real hero of the movie, chases them. Oh, so good. It's a real uh, build the donkey situation. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And um, they paint the scuds. Esport heads in while they hold off the Libyans. This is where Paulie Shaw just starts massacring people. Yeah, they set up. He just he's just mowing people down with this machine gun while screaming. Yeah, um, which is you know, if you do join the army, you do want to do that at some point. You, you know, if you don't get to mow somebody down, probably gonna snap and and murder yeah, someone after like, you leave. It's like yeah, it's good to try to give everyone at least one of those mm. to have just complete carte blanche to just open fire on a crowd of people because they're the enemy and they're coming at you and you get and you get to just rinse them <laughs> that's the american dream <laughs> it's the american dream mate if i if i was in the army and that that never happened and i just got jug-headed i jar-headed pardon jar-headed, me yeah, yeah. if i just got jar-headed i'd never get over it 
Would you... Like, it's one thing to join the army because you want to do war and there's no war. To join the army and then go to war and then, like, you don't fight. And it's still boring the whole time. There were a lot of dudes, though, like, in the Second World War that never fired a fucking shot. Like, frontline dudes living their lives, just not, not firing. Wow. It's crazy. That was some alpha knowledge. It's crazy. About history. What war? It's crazy boys. It's crazy. <laughs> They're crazy boys. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta you gotta pay attention for when you can use it. It's so weird. You never know when you're talking about the about World War Two. You might want to do a Paulie Shaw impression. <laughs> the missiles miss the target. The camel saves Paulie Shaw somehow. I love that the camel. Like, because the dude is about to kill Paulie Shaw, but the camel tackles the dude. Yeah. And then is pinning him down. Yeah. So it's just they've got a fake camel With arm a big and they just. Fake camel arm? Yeah, camel arm. Okay. The front ones. The yeah. front ones are the arms. They are, aren't they? You know? Yep. And he's just holding this dude down. And the guy's reaching for his AK. And then the camel's just like, And Paulie doesn't kick the gun away or anything. He's just yeah. like, can't reach it. Cool. Goes yeah. on with his life. He fucks um, up with the bazooka once. Yeah, they figure out how to operate it, but they fire it backwards. Good gag. Great gag. Then they fire it again. So they so they destroy the missiles. Mm. The airstrike the, misses because the, the laser was off off target. Yeah, because the dentist fucks but it up. Paulie Shaw, Bones, whatever his surname is, Bones McGee, far, blows up these chemical weapons. And I'm sorry, when they blow up, mm-hmm. the cloud of smoke from that explosion mm. blocks out the fucking sun mm. like darkness spreads across the yeah, land they, they did a miniature um much more impressive than <laughs> bloody oppenheimer <laughs> bloody floppenheimer in my opinion <laughs> yeah i was like that's an insanely big explosion <laughs> I mean, and this, and we're assuming like they're fine standing right next to chemical weapons being blown up as well. Like I'd back off a bit. Oh no, it burns it. It burns it, right? It burns the off. The flames burn the chemicals off. Yeah, it's like chlorine gas. If they gas. explode, it just goes up. Yeah, exactly. That's why blowing stuff up is always the solution. Because mm, it just goes up. Yeah, like that, like that train derailment. Yeah, it just, just goes, goes up. up. And what's up there? Nothing. Mm. Just, just space in it and birds. Yeah. And, and like the wind it. might just, take it away. Oh no, a pigeon! I don't care. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and they return as heroes, <laughs> and they say, and it's and it's end of Top Gun, and everyone's just high fiving. Oh, having it's a good so time. Good. It wasn't a job; it was an adventure. They might say they rescue the camel, and then they have a big party back at the stereo store, and the recruiter is there, being like, "Well, how was it, yells son of a gun?" And he was like. It was fantastic. I love the army. It was a great choice. You, army recruiter, were steering me in absolutely the right direction <laughs> and were doing a very good job. And thank you for the $5,000 to open our store. And yeah, thank you for that as well. Um, I just really can't speak highly enough of my time as a U.S. <laughs> army reservist and can't recommend it strongly enough to anyone else who's just you know looking for money and fun and glory and the opportunity to perform violence. Upon a, other human beings. Upon other human beings in a way for which you receive just tremendous social credit. And you will have many stories to tell your grandchildren you for, to for tell years your to come. Grandchildren. Or sorry, many because, stories to refuse to tell your grandchildren yeah, for years to Many come. stories to allude to. Because mm. you don't want your grandkids to be like, Granddad, have you ever massacred anyone? And you say no. And they go, pussy. Fucking loser, granddad. You've never shot anyone. You're so old. How have you never shot anyone this whole time? <laughs> 
You know how kids are. Exactly like and that. And then two new dudes go in to join, and the cycle the cycle of life continues. Yeah. The cycle of the American dream yeah. continues. And that's in the army now. And it's not bad. Weirdly pretty good. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> like, it's strangely good enough. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think I've said everything I have to say. You didn't make me scream. You didn't scare me. I just felt like screaming. You didn't scare. You didn't scare me. I just felt, I like, just felt like screaming. <laughs> and we've all been there. I mean, it would it'd be awful if you felt like screaming, screamed, and then someone thought that they'd scared you, and you have to be like, no, I don't you'd, think, you'd never walk that. You back. know, how people like you scare your friends every now and then, like just jump out from behind a wall and like, <clears throat> and like yeah. freak them out. Yeah, or like telling them about stuff you've done you've never told anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever screamed yet. Nothing is frightened. Like, I don't think anything my brothers ever did made me scream. I, no one has done that to me in living memory. Like, you get the whole body, (laughs) where where you, like, contract everything into that defense pose of, like, I'm going to survive a car crash pose. It's so funny. I've watched, like, when you watch videos of that and stuff, because... It's just so funny how incapable we are of dealing with it when it happens to us, you know? Yeah. You think your brain would be like, well, no, I'm just in my house. If there's anything behind that door, it's obviously a member of my family. <laughs> there's not even this like... This is the den. This is the safe zone. This, like, behind that door is just like a place... There's like, Nothing could be hurting me, but we cannot get ahead of that response. That's why they're endlessly funny. But that's and also the different amount, the different levels of reactions that people have, and how quickly it goes as well. Wow. People will be like screaming and then laughing like 0.5 of a second <laughs> later. <laughs> or people like you know how you see dudes dressed as like shrubs and sitting in a little. Oh, pop I, I hate those. And I can't move a little bit. The man dressed as shrub scaring people. <laughs> I can't watch it because it's just too mean. It's very mean. Like, if that happened to me, I would hate it and I wouldn't take it well. <laughs> it would ruin my morning. That's a little sad. Yeah, and I, I know. I don't <laughs> know what it is in me. Like, if someone jumped out and scared me, I wouldn't find it funny. I would just be upset. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, can, what if after they scare you, they go, it's okay, it's okay. It's for a YouTube video. Yeah, we're going to put it on... It's for my TikTok channel. We're going to put it on the internet. We'll get like 100 views. Yeah. On TikTok. I would punch that man dressed as a bush. <laughs> I would assault him. It wouldn't be right, but I'd do it. Because, I, yeah, I'd be angered by it. But the different <laughs> level I don't of know screaming why. that people do, like some people do the regular, just like <gasps> the, yeah. the clench, and then some people lose their fucking shit. Yeah, some people just sound like scream a... scream for a while. Yeah, or they sound like a howler monkey. Like it's... <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't scare me, everyone. I don't like it. I like. I don't want to play this game anymore because because it makes me look silly, and I don't. And I. And oh, I'm, I'm special. I'm special and dignified, I'm and special. I don't want. I don't want my vulnerability to be revealed. Okay, <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm not as strong as some people. I'm not John Cena. So we rank Brad and Fraser's movies. <laughs> It's we not, rank them. It's not fair, though. From best to worst. Because this I'm not ra- having this conversation again. No, I'm not talking about. I'm talking oh, right. about this ranking. Yeah, we do. We do rank them, but it's really not fair that in this ranking of eleven, thus far, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser films, 
Two Paulie Shaw ones are going to be real, real high on that they, list. They are. It's okay. They're not going to stay there. Okay. But okay. he's in it for less than five seconds. Hey, he chose to do it. He did. He went there. Probably wasn't even paid. Got a free lunch. Got a free lunch. Got a little bread roll. Got to hang out in Paulie's trailer. Yeah. And he was in the movie. And if he didn't anticipate that one day that would require multiple adults to (laughs) record hours of podcast material about those movies when they're trying to talk about Brendan Fraser, that's on him. Okay? Still doesn't feel fair. So, there's 10 movies on the list. (laughs) Starting from the bottom. Okay. Stop me when you think we get there. Okay. So, bottom of the list, younger and younger. Stand by that 100%. Yep. Not going to change. Next, dogfight. More like dog shit. Child of Darkness, Child of Light. 20 bucks. Encino Man. It's it's better than Encino Man, isn't it? I think it is, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're liking Encino Man less as time goes on. I feel like I... Yeah, I have have a... Go easier on it if I went back. Okay, Airheads. I don't think it's better than Airheads. Right, and then it's Son-in-Law School Ties. Yeah. With Honours Presumed Guilty. Yeah, it's sitting around the Airheads yeah. level, isn't it? In the and middle Airheads there. gives us great Brendan. True. And Airheads gives us great of a lot of people. Yeah. And you've got to think how Airheads has lots of hair. So much hair. This movie, almost no hair. It punishes the Airheads by removing the hair. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, I think air, I don't know because like Airheads is sort of nonsense and chaos. I feel like this has a stronger plot than Airheads. I do actually, yes. Because Airheads, yeah. I like that idea more. But I don't it's, think this is better than Son-in-Law. Airheads has a more innovative plot idea, but it's poorly executed. Yeah. This has a very formulaic plot idea, but, but it's, it's executed but it's, well. It's executed competently. Mm. Apparently, no one in the world would say. <laughs> so it's probably above Airheads. Do it. I don't think it's which is fucked. No, and then below Son-in-Law. Yeah. Wow. This is fifth. Do it for now. Fifth for now. Fifth for now. Middle of the pack. In middle of the pack. The army now. Amazing. Now. Top of the list. Which Brendan would win in a fight? This Paulie would beat all of them. Well. This what? This Bre- Paulie would beat all of them. The, oh yeah, Paulie Shaw would beat all of these mm. Brendans. That's 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 for damn sure. He can do 123 push-ups. <laughs> Don't know if you know. <laughs> this Brendan. So this is the third version of this Brendan going on the list. Uh-huh. His the previous version of him is second on the list of which of all the Brendans would win in a fight. Because I I think for like a long elaborate reasons that we spent a long time yeah, it was, talking it was about. The caveman guy grew up, went to college. Yeah, now caveman, caveman grew up. Guy grew up, went to college, and is now in the army. We're assuming he graduated college, has a degree of some kind, yeah, and now is in the army in a leadership position. You think so? I'd like to think so. All right, he's taken yeah. that degree to the army. True. He's taken his college degree. Did and he got study? Him, he's a career soldier. Frogs. Frog, definite frogs. Yeah, but he's a he's in charge of he's in charge of other soldiers. We, yeah. we can assume that. Yeah, he's working out. We know, and now we know he's working out hard, and he's also weapons competent. Mm. So he can take anyone else's weapon and turn it on them. Top of the list, motherfucker. Well, how? Hold on. So this is obviously above Encino Man and Son in Law, which are two and three. Is he beating school ties? Top of the fucking list. You think this guy's beating naked shower fight? This guy's got a gun. I don't know if he has a. He doesn't. Guy has access to guns. 
This guy has access to airstrikes. Yeah, nineteen nineties. Just because he's in the army now doesn't mean he can do an airstrike in the fight. Oh, why not? I feel like it's got to be a weapon you have on you. Okay, well he's and got in a the sidearm. It, does he in the scene he's in? I don't know. I wasn't looking. He at his might pants. actually, because special forces are like assembling their they're guns. special. But is he special? I think. Does he die in this? Yeah. Does yeah, Link die in the army now? Team. Fuck. <laughs> Bleak. What? Subtext. That's what it is. Them's the breaks. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if everyone else. I think it's punishment because Paulie thought about him too long. Like the 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 streams cross multi-universal being that is Paulie Shaw. Yeah. Thinks about it for too long. Therefore, therefore, the universe reacts to that and removes that pawn from the playfield. That's why the special forces team couldn't do their Mm -hmm. mission. That's why he's for some reason now Medal of Honor winner Paulie Shaw. Yeah. Because he thought about Brendan too much. So 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 Paulie Shaw in this scenario is a kind of omnipotent being. He's the watcher. He's the he's the watcher but <laughs> he's, unknown he, he's to himself. Stan Lee's character in the Marvel universe. Yeah. But so, it's Paulie Shaw. So he's but he's he's sort of like he's a childlike god. Mm. But he's an omnipotent character, but he doesn't realise it. Yet. This is yeah. him learning. And that's why he... He will eventually become Mr. Manhattan. Which is why everything works out so well for him in this. True. Because he's just manifesting the reality he most most desires. Mm. Always dead and it's all a dream. Anything's possible. Yeah, maybe he didn't rescue that truck. Maybe they all just died. Because that is where, where things kind of turn around for him. Yep. Yeah. Look, obviously... Well, they do, multiple... go, they do go for that big journey and then they wind back up at the truck. So he could have just led those four people out into the desert and they could have fucking died. And he yeah. could just be... that His mirage yeah. while he dies mm. is the rest of the film. Yeah. I mean... Bleak. Obviously, there's many complex layered you know, interpretations of in the army now one can do. Mm-hmm. This is a matter of record. Um, but yeah, all right. Fuck it. He's... Do, it. <laughs> Do Link, it. This guy has the previous knowledge of being a caveman. Yeah, strong base. Strong base. As and then sure might say. he went to, to basic training. He can yeah. do at least 123 push-ups. At least. Fucking bad. He probably went in naked shower fights. He, yeah, actually. That's in, definitely a if thing. If he's been in the army now, yeah. he's probably won some naked shower fights. Mm. Or he would at least be comfortable doing it. Oh, fuck yeah. He'd be so comfortable being yeah. naked in shower and fighting. Yeah. At the same time. He not. loves fighting. Yeah. loves being naked. Yeah. loves showering, showering with his actual closest friends. Yeah. The only people he talks to for the next six months, he's also going to shower with them every day. Yeah. Special. Yeah. Link has this final version of Link, <laughs> which he's evolved into Pokemon style. Yeah. <laughs> He's reached Charizard His level. evolution. Yeah. And so he's winning all the fights. And let's see if anyone's going to take him off that top slot. He's got a pretty strong fight resume. He does have a good fight resume. Yeah. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's in the army now. Thanks for definitely sticking and a, around. And a bunch of other episode. stuff. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I told you all this was coming at the start so you listened out. Wasn't it worth it? <laughs> worth it, wasn't it? It's paid off big time for you guys. Um, next, we're talking about the Scout. Never heard of it. Yeah, I forget what that is. Cool. It's a comedy film starring Brendan Fraser and Albert Brooks about baseball. 
Is Brendan the baseball player? Probably. He does play baseball. Looks like not another great success. Diane West is in it. We'll see. It's all right. We've just got to keep plowing through at this point. Yeah, well, we'll eventually get to George. Things, and then it's all uphill. Yeah, things are going to get pretty damn good, pretty damn... Oh, actually, it's a while away. <laughs> it's only a few years until they start getting fun, though. Yeah, because I remember I was like, oh, maybe we could do a live episode for George of the Jungle. That will be December 26th. It's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Our Christmas episode is going to be George of the Jungle. Our Christmas episode is going to be... Oh, wait. I saw, I saw the... I don't know what to do about this. I feel a bit trapped in this now. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, I haven't with the previous project. <laughs> oh, well. Can't, one can't have everything, can one? No, one cannot. Michael Rappaport's in it. J.K. Simmons is in it. And Toomey is in it. I don't know who that is. Are you Googling something relevant to this or are you just living your life? No, I was weirdly Googling something, but it turns out it's not relevant to this in any way, shape or form. Okay, well, let's take that as a sign that there's nothing left to be said on this topic. And thank you all very much for listening. We will see you next time. Join us on our next episode for more exceptional theft of your time. Nailed it. That was perfect, wasn't it? It was great. That was the perfect ending. It was ending. rehearsed. It was awesome. That was the perfect ending. I love that. I love when you just say the perfect thing with something to end and then it just ends there, you know? doesn't drag on and on. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. What do you want to do now? I was hoping you'd just press the stop button as soon as like the like first moment of oh, me the, speaking started. That's why I won't, I won't leave any of this in. Oh, cool, 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 cool. None of this will be no on doubt, the recording. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So if there's anything private you want to say, now's the time. Anything? No. Act like it's not, it's not, it's not even there. Worry about it. It's not even recording. No. It actually feels weird to talk without the headphones on. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's odd. This is why we need a producer, so they can have headphones on and tell us if we're doing it wrong, and then we could be free. No, we need it. We need headphones as well, though, at least on one ear, so that they could talk into the headphones while we're talking to each other. You need to have a little earpiece. There we go. Right. Hello, it's Clem Fandango. Have you watched Toast of London?